to the Clip It podcast. How are we all doing today? Um, I'm feeling everybody. very talented. Good. I'm glad you're feeling talented because you are talented. Both of you. Yeah. I'm not sure what's talented about sitting here talking, but hey, I'm glad <laughs> something is. <laughs> well, you should because talking for two hours to an audience sometimes can Bastards. be annoying. Um, but no, it can be very hard, sorry. Very strenuous, I would say. Um, mm. I, like, genuinely, in my opinion, uh, working... This is kind of off-topic. Uh, no, it, it, I was going to say, working with... There is no topic, yeah. Working with customers and customer support is so much more tiring than anybody who hasn't I experienced that. It's a lot more. Um, but like, just, I don't know. Working in this is very tiring. People don't understand. Anyway, how are you both doing today? Yeah, I'm alright, apart from the audience taking years off my life, the sods. Yeah, I was doing alright, but then this audience people turned up and, mm. and now I feel like weakened and it's almost as if the soul and crippled. essence of my being has been crippled under the universal mm. powers that be, you know? Yeah. I do apologise about that then, I, um, I'm very sorry. Uh, I, I don't mean to upset you. Yeah, our one two-hour stream a week that we do, oh, it's so much mm. work. It's it not is. like we're streaming, you know, regularly throughout the week or anything for longer than that considerably. No, no, oh, no, no. no. That's, that's I tried just... to eat chicken by hand. <laughs> it didn't go well. The Wait. bit where you hold on to has fallen off. What do you... <laughs> Are you eating like a... What? I need context. I don't think you do. How could you not... Like, I don't know. Because the only way I could have thought is your unit, like, off a I bone. decided, you know what, hashtag YOLO. I've got McDonald's napkins next to me. You know, you only live once. May as well go for it. Great branding right there. Mm. Nice to get the names out. Uh, hashtag sponsored. Hashtag not spawn. Uh, we can't, we have to be careful about that, don't forget. People get really annoyed. The government get really annoyed if you, if you don't clarify yeah, you're sponsored. Can't wait for a clown to come and bitch slap me. Yeah. I meant wait. Ronald McDonald <laughs> rather than any politician, just to be clear. But Jesus. But yes, no. Uh, this week has been. Oh, it's it hasn't been too packed or like there hasn't Exciting. been much going on. Yeah, mm. but the the stuff that has is definitely going to be interesting to talk about. Um, most notably, I would say is the humble bundle issue in my opinion or that what happened happening with humble bundle no yeah issues right <laughs> okay yeah it's in my opinion it's definitely one of those controversial yeah i've not ideas. seen one person like in support of it outside of obviously humble themselves yeah which is you know always trustworthy um <laughs> but we've also got uh what was it a very minor but test drive this Reveal trailer teaser, I guess, more than anything, came out. Yeah. Um, we got actual confirmed information on the new Battlefield, which is interesting for us fans. And mm. it's Warzone. been cancelled. Yeah, Warzone got nuked. Both senses, mm. to be completely honest, the servers literally killed themselves. Both days, oh, which goody. was... I don't understand. It feels like it's done on purpose. You would have expected a game so big as Warzone Oh, to... Papa Jeff left Overwatch. That was this week, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Papa Jeff. That's interesting. I, actually, I briefly mm. saw that, and I was like, wait, did he? And then I just didn't read up on it, because I was doing <laughs> something else. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, that was actually kind of sad to be completely honest. But I hope it's on good terms. Well, it's on good we terms. We can discuss it, but very unexpected. Um, Apparently, now we can discuss it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just saying that as a summary. We can discuss it now if you want. Well, I mean, may as well. We. Yeah, I don't think cool. it's an alright well, place. To... Um, so how would I describe it? Jeff's been obviously quite a long-standing meme in the community for a while. Um, mm. Generally, most people consider him a very nice guy. Um, I don't yeah. think everyone agrees. He's a lovely person. Um, but more recently, the past like year and a bit, he's interacted more like directly with the community on like a one-to-one basis. Um, in that, like the Overwatch team dev team created a Discord where they had like numerous pros and um, streamers in, which the idea was to get feedback on the game and like mm. balance changes and to be able to speak more directly with like that community, right? So that they mm. could get feedback from in plenty across Twitter, YouTube, the forums, right? Like, like the everyday audience. And people were streaming the game. Like, what problems do they have actually, like, you know, with streaming it? Um, were they having issues that this wasn't fun in the sense of, like, being a streamer? Um, and then from the pros in a more, like, very strict, like, we're playing at the top of the game meta sort of sense, right? So they got a good... It was a good way for them to get, like, feedback from all different facets. And in there, Jeff's always, like, spoken and been quite friendly and, and stuff. You know, he's oh. very regularly sort of types. He's quite a casual type of types for all lowercase and stuff. And what was interesting to me is that I don't think anyone was expecting this retirement to come, um, like at all. Uh, but in the statement that Blizzard put out, you had uh, like, like sort of like the general fluff you expect from the company. Um, mm. Then you had a statement from Aaron Keller, the new lead of Overwatch, um, who is more than capable. I don't want to diss Aaron in any way. He's been around for years, worked at Blizzard for years, been involved in Overwatch for years. It's, he's been fine. You know, he's absolutely more mm. than capable of taking up that job. Um, well, Jeff's statement was, like, all lowercase. It was written casual Jeff, right? It wasn't, like, how you would format, like, a business email or something, right? Yeah. Properly written. It was all lowercase, very casually written. And then later he followed up, uh, followed it up on Reddit um, with a statement where he basically just, like, went on a... I think he posted to either Overwatch Reddit or the competitive Overwatch Reddit. I don't remember which one it was actually posted to, but he mentioned both of them and said, mm. like, um, I just want to say thanks. You know, you guys have been really inspiring i respect the criticism and you know you've helped me become a better game designer um and then the end it we're basically saying please take care of the overwatch team they're wonderful brilliant people and i need you right now which i think is also a nice sentiment to echo right in that like mm. look i might be leaving but like please show your support to the actual overwatch devs like you know they, they need to show hear the support you know it would help them a lot what's interesting to me is like i don't like speculating on situations i know nothing about right i think it's generally like bad Bad advice to do. That is what this entire podcast is about. Yeah. But, like, the way the statement sort of came out of nowhere, the way his thing was... Like, like, like for context, Jeff types very casually, right? That's just a, <laughs> a part of Jeff. And he always refers to himself as Jeffrey as well, which is very cute. Um, I hate him already. Whatever whatever it is, if this could be completely unrelated or whatever, you know, if... Not that Jeff would be listening, but if he ever was, right? Like, you know, whatever. Don't mean to get into your personal life, just hope things are chill. But... Yeah. It was the fact that normally in previous press statements, despite Jeff typing casually, he's formatted those press statements, or when they've been pushed by Blizzard, maybe Blizzard forced it on him, I don't know exactly, right? They were formatted in, in a much more professional sense. You know, more yeah. well-written, more the capitals and, and punctuation and stuff. Um, mm. Well, this one wasn't. It was like, I'm retiring, I'm gonna step down from my position have fun, thanks for the time, enjoy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was very casually written. Which kind of makes me feel like this was unexpected, and that he wasn't necessarily planning to retire. Maybe something came up health-wise or situation-wise, and he just wanted to step back, and, and this felt like the right time for him. Um, 
mm. which I think is a shame if that is the case. But I hope all's well if it, you know, if I, I might, be, I'm just literally pulling that out of my ass. I'm just reading from the way it was written and just looking at the history of how statements have been written by Blizzard in the past. Um, but yeah, I don't know it, it was interesting. It's a shame, but it was interesting. Just to clarify, then I know we like might not know for sure, but there was both mention of retiring. And like being made a better game developer, which could be, how do I put it? It could be like picked up as perhaps he's planning to work on something else. Do we yeah. know if he is like fully so, retired or? Again, all rumor, right? Um, mm -hmm. He hasn't personally confirmed anything. The statements that he has made is that he's stepping down from the Overwatch team, um, yep. is retiring from Overwatch and Blizzard okay. entirely. And I think another important thing to put is people know Jeff as game director of Overwatch, right? They know him as Jeff from the Overwatch team. Jeff is vice president of Blizzard Entertainment, or was, sorry, vice president of Blizzard Entertainment. That's a huge position to step down from. Right? Mm. Like he had climbed through the ranks of Blizzard's um, separate to Overwatch, just general you know, hierarchical structure pretty well. Mm. He, he was not a, a small person in Blizzard, the whole company. Um, even though literally like 99% of the stuff he did was related to Overwatch, he didn't have a particularly, a particularly high influence in the managerial position from what I understand. I don't mean it was something he was personally that interested in, um, being sort of a game designer very much at heart. But, yeah, the, the rumours are that it's possible he's going to move to the um, MMORPG that Riot has been long speaking that they're developing out of Riot's. Riot have been pushing for a while, for those that don't know, they're developing a series of games under different genres. Um, the most recent release of one was Valorant, um, but they are still developing many other games. Um, I believe they're meant to be developing a full MMO, um, they're developing a couple other uh, types of things, so it's expected that Jeff because obviously he spent years before Overwatch on the WoW team, um, is possibly going over to Riot's MMO. Um, if that, that, that would seem like oh, a very okay. logical career path for him to take. And I, I could totally see, after working on Overwatch for years, and Overwatch is at the point now where, as far as we can tell, story is finalised for Overwatch 2, at least what they're pl currently planning to implement, um, mm. writing-wise, right? Um, it's just finishing off the dev work, finishing off the game, polishing it up, doing whatever else they, they feel that they need to, right? Um, so from mm. a game direction perspective... Existing um, game directors and game designers on the Overwatch team more than capable. Um, like, you know, uh, Jeff doesn't feel like... I, I wouldn't feel like Jeff... Sorry. I wouldn't feel that Jeff would feel there's a need for him to be there necessarily, right? Like, I think he would feel pretty comfortable stepping back and knowing that things would be handled well. Um, so, yeah, I feel like if you want, like, a creative challenge or want to change up what you're working on because you've been working on the same thing for years, yeah, going to write would make sense. It's probably a pretty you know, prosperous interest for Riot to get him on the team. I would imagine that there would be good good offerings there financially and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But at the same time, knowing Jeff and knowing that, you know, he was vice president of Blizzard, probably doesn't need to be looking for a job, so to speak, right? Like, I wouldn't imagine he's in an immediate need in the way that, you know, maybe the 50% of Activision Blizzard esports that were fired for no apparent reason despite <laughs> them making record profits might. Um, so please, Riot, if you're looking for esports jobs, there some great hires there. Mm. You need a casting guy. Oh, God, yeah, you... maybe he's following yeah, well, the rest of them. Except Wright's already hired him, so... If you need a yeah. caster, I know the person. Is it me? I don't do casting. He does. You're not me. They do. I do. Both of them, I don't do casting. Both of them can. I I'm more capable of analysis right now than I am casting. I'm okay. not, I don't have if enough experience need, casting. If you need a professional analyst, I know... If There's you someone... think I can't scream about Tracer jumping forward three feet, you're so wrong. 
Yeah, but you need to know... I almost recorded a whole set of voice lines. Don't even start you... me. Wait, what? I need to know about these. Um, yeah, uh... do you not remember the whole Tracer saga? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, I was going to oh, record God. all of the the voice lines for Tracer so we could have that in game. I Please, I beg, can you do that? <laughs> I beg, like, it will be oh. actually perfect. And then we'll all have to play Overwatch again. Not just playing Overwatch of U3 would be just banter. Uh, I think Overwatch is, is a great game. Uh, like, it gets a... Uh, Jeff actually... Uh, I didn't want to mention this, because I guess it doesn't make sense if you don't know the Overwatch. Um, like, lore. If, if you're not, like, a huge fan of, like, Overwatch just as a, as a franchise, I guess. But Jeff mentioned in his post to the Reddit that the mm. way he's imagined it is r slash Overwatch is Timmy, which is the little punch kid, um, famously, from the original Overwatch trailer, right? The little younger one. He was like really Famous. bright eyed and optimistic. And oh, right, yeah, competitive yeah. Overwatch um, is Brian, who's like the older, sort of jaded brother that's like, yeah, Overwatch don't, they, they were disbanded. They're not worth it. But then actually realizes, no, Overwatch are cool and awesome. And that's kind of yeah. how he like treated them both. And I thought that was quite a cute thing. Because I think this happens in any game. This is absolutely not like relating to Overwatch um, in general. This, this applies to CSGO, to. Warzone, to, to literally any game that had ever existed and had, like, more than two people play it, right? People that play in competitive games and play competitively get jaded at things like balance, and they get annoyed when devs make certain decisions, and they feel quite frustrated about things and yeah. stuff, because they're thinking from a very competitive perspective, and, and taking even the slightest bit of someone's edge away in a competitive scenario can, can feel quite demeaning, in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, and people end up arguing, getting heated about this stuff, then, like, the casual audience of Overwatch probably doesn't give less of a shit whether Orissa's pull card on is seven or eight seconds. Like, no one's gonna remotely care or even notice, yep. right? They just want to play the fucking tank-like fucking robot. They want to put down a fucking shield, put She's down a bongo and hold left click. It doesn't matter. Right? Like, you know, they, they love her. And I feel like a lot of people forget that with video games, is that the casual audience just don't care about balance. And, like, Overwatch still has a huge casual audience, like, especially on console. It has a a very large player base, right? God, you can still consistently get Overwatch quick play console. games. Like, yeah, for some reason, yeah, it, I... it's always just been like. Okay, I it's got a huge I mean, technically, CS:GO's on console, but <laughs> and like, I feel like a lot of people always forget that with games, right? Like, like CS:GO is mm -hmm. another example of a game that like people talk all the time about, like comp, and it can be talked yeah. about in many ways. People can be like, comp isn't balanced, comp isn't fair. Like, I have many criticisms of the competitive. Uh, integrity and rule set the csgo is I, I don't think it's a competitively integral game for numerous reasons i won't even get into right but the last time i played csgo oh. comp it was full of hackers like literally every game i played had hours, hackers so. right mm -hmm. and i was like okay so i couldn't complain about the hackers in csgo comp, for example. but what people have yeah. got to realize is that modern day csgo the biggest audience for csgo is casual even if they're playing the competitive mode it, they're still a casual audience because i don't think anyone can like seriously take csgo mm -hmm as a competitive integral game with the amount of hacking it has at like the middle ranks middle to low ranks the map system it doesn't make sense like it, you can't take that game like a hundred percent i am being esports level serious now about like it's not people just want to go in and shoot things and people play comp if they want a slightly more structured team than you would get in casual like that's all it comes down if to at the end of the day play com if you want to play counter-strike Properly I know. If you're going to say what I think you're going to say, and it begins um, with V, no, that's a different topic. It's a different part of the discussion. Okay. If you want to play Counter Strike genuinely, like seriously, you would go on um, Face It, or if you want to pay oh, okay. ESL. Yeah. 
Like that's that's like where people take it seriously because or ESL, you're paying money and in a lot of cases you're trying to win money um mm. in tournaments. Like that um, time we tried to win money on face it. Yeah, I, I, I personally do agree that I feel like yeah, face. a good thing for a competitive game is to encourage yeah. and actively support an open esports scene for your game. Yeah. Right? Where esports in this is meaning like structured competitive tournaments. Uh, so, like, face it for CSGO, right? Like, kind of open division for Overwatch, but tier 2 support in Overwatch is something. Um, mm. So, like, like I think that's always a healthy thing. And I think it should be encouraged at all ranks, right? I feel like, you know, literal silvers in CSGO should be encouraged to play silver v silver matches in face it tournaments if they want. And that should be a, a courage and support thing by the community and game devs. And I think the same in Overwatch. Bronze players should be able to go and play in tournaments if they want. Like, if a bronze player is sat there like, I know I'm bronze, I know that technically means that I'm the lowest rank in Overwatch, but I want to play in a competitive environment with teammates and against teammates of equivalent skill to me, and I want to make it structured with a proper rule set and do, like, a five-map set, like, you should totally be able to do that. Yeah. Like, that should just be a thing. And I think it's a really encouraging and healthy thing to do. But not enough games do that, sadly. It would be nice, actually, yeah. I, I, I haven't... I can't remember how face it does it. I, I know ESL does it a different way, but it would be nice if they did talk to the lower skilled players who aren't willing to put 50 hours in a week. Yes, to... I feel like a lot of the problem can be that uh, okay. those sort of services often run like tournaments where it's like not anyone can enter necessarily. I mean, sometimes they do literally run tournaments that anyone can enter, but you end up in the situation where like a load of teams enter, there's some lower skilled teams. Maybe they have a, a, a couple game run at the start of the tournament, but then they get knocked out immediately once they come up a slightly higher skill rating team mm. than them, right? I think that sucks, because, like, people are very critical of different players and their ranks in, in video games, right? But, like, a lot of the reason people are, say, bronze in Overwatch is numerous reasons, whether it's they're on a bad PC, whether they have some sort of disability, whether they're playing in a really bad situation, they've got terrible internet. Like, it can be a numerous number of reasons, right? Mm. And... If you're one of those players, would it not be interesting to you to be able to, like, if you are a competitively-minded person, to be able to take that situation you're in, get a bunch of other people in the same rank and skill as you, and, a, you know, capability, and just play a game competitively? I don't see, like, why anyone should be, should be like, excluded from that situation, you know? I mean, it's unfair to expect people that are bronze and Overwatch to enter an open tournament that they're going to be competing against Overwatch League pros. Like, it's absurd, right? Like... And that happens in some Overwatch tournaments, right? There are big open Overwatch tournaments where, theoretically, every team, you know, you get seeded randomly and you end up going against, like, two teams that are just complete joke teams and they're, like, literally just called, like, we're gonna all play Torbjorn or something because it's a team, a fucking tournament where, you know, there's no hero limit, so everyone's just playing Torbjorn and you somehow win against them or whatever the situation may be. And you get on a run and then you go up against, like, a fucking plat or diamond team and you just get fucked because you're just playing against people that are, like, three or four ranks higher than you and that's not very fair. Because that's obviously a skill gap. Like, I feel like there should be definitely more done to encourage that people of this skill can play against other people of skills in, like, a tournament setting. I think it's it's a really fun way to play video games in tournaments. Yeah, 100% agree on that. I'd say, like, um, I'd say one that does it kind of well, obviously it's in-game, would be Rocket League. Mm. Tournaments from, um, as far as we're no, aware, no, bronze upwards. Like, if you, play, if you play in at a bronze rank, you'll go into a bronze tournament. If you're in a platinum rank, you'll go into a platinum mm. tournament. So the tournaments are always, you know, matched to your level or your group's level, depending on if you're playing with friends who are higher or lower ranks. Um, I think that's a nice way of doing it. Obviously, isn't, uh, you know, if, if 
if it was to support that a bit more ESL again I haven't used one for a good deal so I don't know what they are doing at the moment or if they've updated it in a way that you can but from what I remember face it was just open tournaments anybody at any rank can play uh, mm. I don't know if if you paid for the premium you would be able to get into ranked matches that like determine everybody's rank to make it fair I don't know looked into it I didn't mm. want to spend the money on it at the time, well, he still wouldn't, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea. I can't comment for um, CS and that, obviously. Just in that sort of thing, I highly recommend checking out um, Jane. Uh, Jane's uh, ex-coach, um, now streamer for the Envy organization. Um, they own Dallas Fuel and the, whatever the other one is for CDL. Uh, Dallas was no Rush League team. Jane's an absolutely lovely chap. Does streams, does YouTube content. Um, does coaching. Um, he does streams where he'll get people in and coach them from all ranks, you know, from bronze all the way up to GM top 500. Um, he does open, uh, like, pugs where he'll get, like, a couple bronze teams against each other. He'll do, like, a bronze team versus a singular grandmaster. Like, he does, like, loads of, like, funny things like that. Uh, very active, very friendly, very open to just, you know, positive competition, right? Like, we're not here to just shit on people. We're here to, like, have fun. And... Mm -hmm. Has it very, very, very much works to culture a, a very positive and encouraging environment for like everyone involved. And highly, highly recommend Jane. He's a really awesome guy. They do sound pretty epic. Yeah, yeah. they are cool. Are they a charitable person? Um, yeah, I would say so. Jane's historically, I know where the segue is going. Don't worry. Uh, Jane historically <laughs> is uh, a. <laughs> um, done a lot of work he's an interesting person i can't remember exactly what his job was before he became an esports coach but it was mm. something like a like a, a personal coach for people right oh, wow. um where he would he would sort of do like not therapies therapy's not the right word but people would come to him with like i'm having a problem in my life and he would help coach them through that sort of situation and, and sort of recommend like oh. uh, life choices and stuff and yeah. he took that into um esports coaching and first sort of got put into like a, a more like strategic coach role in in like what compet uh, what uh, what comp should we play sorry um what heroes should we play and then obviously became more of a player coach sort of down the line of like i'm helping these players like with their own lives and and organizing themselves to be better as a competitive person and then he eventually stepped down from coaching in those teams because he wanted to do more community work with his stream and and that's where he's been doing since uh, still supported by envy oh. the organization and Envy actually recently came out um, with a charity. They're actually starting a charity that is based on uh, basically sort of distributing esports um, Ooh, resources and equipment, and um, and helping teach schools in America um, about esports and how it can be a really good way to sort of help people develop mentally at a young age, right? Like get them competitively and help them develop a very like uh, fair, you know, friendly spirit in that sort of environment. Um, so yeah, I would say Jane is a very charitable person, that unlike. Is that is really really nice because yeah i would i genuinely know a few people that would need him i'm not allowing this segue to work um i'm checking uh, <laughs> all right you want to not allow it to work let's talk about the clothes behind you quickly i'm sorry I, I've, I've just realized and it's distracting me what are they doing have you like changed your curtains uh, out no 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 so i've done all Please my don't washing. tell me they're drying i've done all my washing today that's all that the stuff. That's my question. That's 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 that bag. There's all the clothes I've just had tumble dried, uh, but we can't tumble dry, you know, jeans. So or you're heavy air stuff. drying clothes in your room? Yes, because I normally go over the banister oh. out in the hallway. Yes, 
Um, yeah. But currently, my blanket's out there, and that takes up the whole banner. And uh, there's no, it, there's it, no it room on the horses seem... downstairs, so. Oh, okay. It just seems like an odd idea to do it in room, but no, hey, yeah, maybe no, that's, that's just me. That's the last place I would have wanted to put them. I would have put them on a oh, giant okay. horse if I could have, but there was no room for them, so. Um, you want to hear something uh, privileged? You have your own drying horse. No, we have a whole room for drying horses. It serves oh. one purpose, and it's storage in drying horses or clothes horses, whatever you want to call them. We oh, we've got one on the landing, and it's in front of our wardrobes. So you need to like lean it against a wall if oh. you want yeah, to get to the wardrobe. Yeah, we've got like wardrobes. six in a room. We've got two downstairs in How much laundry office. do you have? No, it's not normally all in use, not at all. It's just that they're just well, why there. Why do you have that many? <laughs> I just collected them over years. Did I speak oh, about like this? We have six cars parked out front. <laughs> Did I speak about this on the podcast? I can't remember, but I, mm. I remember asking you guys if we ever lived in a house, what would the rules be on cleaning? Um, yeah, especially just don't washing. put it in my room. You're still the person that offered to pay my rent if I cleaned yeah. for you. I know. So I'm, I, still, I, I, I'm still holding you to that. No, yeah. I agree with that. I just don't ever... I remember... <laughs> I should I, not agree with that. Because I remember me saying, I'll do someone's cleaning or washing if they pay a bit of my rent. And I want to say that was you, but I can't no. remember. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that was said as well, multiple times. But, yeah, well, you yeah. know, we're all paying for each other in a house. At this point. Only like Whoa. £25 a week or something like that. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I wish. Um, Where's that place? We'll move in right now. Oh, yeah. It's just the down the road. Market, guys. Uh -huh. Oh, it's a wonderful <laughs> place. You know, housing It would market. be a big change for us, though. Similar to the big changes that a certain website is making to their policy. You know what? It would be Thank a you, big Bailey. change. You know, I would love to live in LJ. Yeah, no. So you two were the first ones to find out about this. I actually came across it <laughs> very... first ever. No, no, you, we, you I didn't, did I didn't press come release. I didn't come across this until like two hours after it happened. Um mm. so I was I completely unaware when you guys were talking about it. Um mm. but you know what, I'm just going to let you describe it, because you, you can do a lot better okay. than I could. I'll take this one. Fuck you. Hmm. Um, so starting in May, can't remember if they gave a date or if Was it's it just second? May. Maybe. It'll probably be towards the start. Okay. Uh, Humble Bundle are changing the way that their payment options work. So it used to be it would provide you with three sliders um, for most purchases. There were some that were set, but most purchases you could choose... How much went to Humble, how much went to the publisher, and how much went to charity. Now, Humble Bundle's always been about charity. A lot of people, uh, including myself, I don't know about you guys, including myself, will just like put a load into charity, right? Because unless it's a small publisher, they don't need the money. And Humble's also like multi-million corporation, they're fine. They have decided that they're not fine with being multi-million. Uh, so by default, it's now going to be 5% goes to charity. There's going to be no slider to change it. And you, the most you're going to be able to do is press a button, which remains to see how hidden it is. To be fair, it might not be hidden at all, but, you know, it also could be hidden. That'll push up to 15%. Okay, yeah. Good <laughs> I was reading into it because I kept seeing the number 15%. Oh, okay. I couldn't find 5%. So I was like, okay, maybe hmm. you just misread it. But no, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> uh, extra to charity, which ups it to 15%, which is still like, you know, it's better than 5%. But does, does anyone know what Humble's cut is actually going to be in that? Humble's cut, I assume it'll be you choose between Humble and 
Yeah, do you still get to choose between Humble and Adele? What? what I've read, they're just changing the charity one. But... I mean, okay, so why that's would you do all that, I've heard. I, yeah, I can't believe that they like, just like, leave two worse. sliders. That I, I, there's got to be no sliders. Is that would be, be even worse, head. right? I'd yeah, be... surely, right? Because yeah. otherwise you'd be looking at like a £10 purchase and you're just fixed a maximum of 15% going okay, to charity. Yeah, no, so um, from what I'm seeing on here, they all just fit uh, set amounts. And so you can adjust it to do extra to charity but they'll always try and give the most to the publishers. Um, looking at this, they'll still take about, um, I'm just looking at the numbers, roughly 10 to 20%, I think, maybe 15% then, looking at those numbers. Okay. Um, because the example they gave was a £25 deal. The default one okay. was 21 to publishers, £1.25 to charity, and £3 to Humble. So like 2 50 to Humble. And then the extra to charity just changed the publishers to 20, charity to £3, and Humble to £1. So I'm guessing it's around the you know, 50, 15% so, mark. Absolutely. Always press that. But make sure in future, uh, if you're getting a Humble purchase, press that fucking button. I mean... That's. I don't think they're going to go back on the changes at this point. There's been multiple articles. I've not seen a single person in support of it. Would you know? Obviously, but it's... I don't think they're going back on it at this point. So I, I, I from what I'm reading, I, I, I'm not seeing too much. Is has there been much said on why they're doing this? It's like greedy bastards. As are the publishers. Okay, because the only other thing I can think of would be the, the like the mm. reason they don't have the sliders is just like a, maybe a tax reason or. Or some some law. It wouldn't be affected because charitable charitable donations aren't taxed. So, mm. like whatever whatever you set the slide to that isn't taxed anyway, it would only be the amount that goes to um, the devs and to humble that would be. And like I get that that's kind of nonetheless immediately complicated, but that's how they've been working for years, and they seem to be doing fine. Yeah, yeah. literally over a right? decade at this point. I'm pretty. Yeah. Sure. Oh, when I saw a number, uh, they said found in 2010, I believe. Yeah, in the mm. decade they've been up, they've raised one yeah, 195 million for charity. Roughly, epic. Yeah. So you know, and then like that 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 charity number, like I I would assume the majority of users always just leave it default. Um, like that's 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 what I assume. Uh, or they'll mm. try and make it even. If if that's the case, they've probably made an equal or probably double that. Um, I would have thought equal because they, they when you normally leave it default, it's normally that it's it mostly goes to publishers and then an equal cut charity to them. Um. Mm -hmm. But by far, they're not like, you know, it's not like they're going out of business and they desperately need money. Um, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, also to know oh, that I've Humble got... Bundle is not a particularly large company. Uh, they have 60 employees, as reported from 2017. I imagine that's grown a little bit, but I doubt it's anywhere near past 100 either. Um, mm. They run their own publishing arm. Like, you know, they, yeah. they're not exactly sort of... I don't think they're doing badly. They're not a big company. I don't think they're in particular need of a large amount of money. And it just seems absurd to me that they would make a decision to take away what in my opinion like i'm sorry to say it humble but the only reason i go to your website which is to yeah. give money to charity like you're not a better storefront than any of the other storefronts right if i wanted to support say oh a dev a lot right like say, say your argument for this is oh we want to support the devs more people often take the sliders down on the devs yeah. and that makes us upset because we Especially want the devs to still like get smaller. money right 
Like, yeah, awesome. I'll go buy the game from the Epic Game Store. Well, there's an eight percent less mm. cut than you take. Or itch.io like, if it's available there. Yeah. Right. Or it's like a really, really small dev team itch. Right. Yeah. Like. Well. Yeah. God, I forgot I got those itch games. <laughs> I don't see how they can they can provide this argument that I don't know that they're sort of um. Doing, doing this good thing for devs when there's other places I can go to to get more money into the hands of devs if I want to, right? Um, yeah. Like going directly or going to a better uh, better storefront. So the only real benefit to, to Humble, and the reason I have many times bought stuff from Humble and bought bundles in the past is because I'm, you know, very happy to give money to Jerry. If I can afford to get money and get some games out of it, that's a win-win for everyone, right? Like, yeah. I, don't, like I don't think anyone would argue that's not a great thing. You know, mm. giving money to charity, you get games. Cool. Awesome, that's fine with me. But now the option I'm being given is, yeah, give less money to charity, give less money than you would normally to devs, and give more money potentially to us. So it's like, well, no, like, no, no, I won't do absolutely that. Absolutely not. Hmm. Um, I'd just like to say I've got confirmed hit numbers here. Uh, these may change, um, <laughs> but when you do default uh, donation options, publishers is eighty five percent, then five percent to charity, and ten percent uh, cut from from humble um then if you do uh extra to charity it takes that publisher down to 80 percent charity's 15 percent, and humble take only five percent cut yeah so just you know go charity i do love how I mean, yeah, for like con for context the cut that a, a publisher gets on epic games for example is 88 percent. right epic takes a 12 percent cut so 88 percent of the per rest of the purchase goes to the publisher. Obviously, on top of that, um, you've got all of the taxes and stuff as well. Like, like it, it's it's. I think some people misunderstand when they look at storefront cuts that if you're paying for ten pounds, someone is not getting eight pound eighty eight from that. No, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> They're getting probably closer to three or four pound from it. But especially in the UK, because digital services tax. Oh God, uh, it, it's well, the UK is at a point now where because of a combination of taxes, if you're a game developer in the UK, you now officially get like. It's like thirty eight percent of any purchase or whatever. Just so like flat. I'm gonna have to like set up offshore from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um Panama's gonna be here if you want to own ships. There. I don't know how it is for video games. Um <laughs> Yeah, like I, I just if what I've developed what I've given to Humble Bundle, right? Mm -hmm. If if it's if it's like a bundle that has a bunch of big games in it. Let's say for example the current um the current VR bundle, right? There's some smaller games in there that aren't particularly, um, like, uh, not, I don't want to say, like, well-known. They're not, like, made by, like, huge companies. And not to say, like, Job Simulator or Borderlands 2 VR either, right? But those are very big names, like, Borderlands 2 VR is, I'm just going to flat say it's made by a big company, but Job Simulator is, like, a, a big-name VR game that I'm sure is selling well because it's an excellent game. Um, mm. If I was purchasing from that, like, I would be inclined to just not give that dev much money. I'd probably still give them more of a cut than humble um but i would definitely just max the charity slider and then bring it down a touch towards the dev right like that's normally what i would do um if it was like smaller games like the, the ones that are the lower tiers like yeah i'd be more inclined to giving them a bit more money yeah but it's just it's just like if the if the option i'm going to be given is just give more money to devs or give more money to charity and neither of those are through humble mm. like yeah it's just why I, I come up with an idea. Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna advertise this idea. Take this idea if you want. Uh, I had an idea for a, a website that sells pirated games. Oh, well, yeah. it doesn't sell them, but basically it's just a piracy website for games, right? 
mm-hmm. and it's laid out exactly the same as Humble Bundle. It copies Humble's <laughs> current bundles, and the way you get access to the downloads or, or torrents for the games is you have to pay or donate an amount at each tier to charity equivalent to that of Humble Bundle, and and that's it. Like it, it would just be too good. Like someone please do that. It would be so funny. It, it would be amazing. <laughs> Oh, and if you're gonna do that, put games on there from like big AAA publishers, not small indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I still kind like. On one hand, I expected something like this to happen sooner, but then when it didn't, I thought, oh, maybe we're safe. And then out of nowhere, with this, uh, yeah. Uh. I feel like if we were to do that, um, holy shit, I need to do that. If, uh, if we were to do this, I think one of the ideal places, the ideal things to do would be just aim to get as many EA games on there as possible. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think so. important to remember that the, the difference between morality and legality, right? Now, Depending on what country you're in, pirating a game or like pirating a movie might not actually be strictly illegal, um, but that's complex and obviously I'm not an expert on mm-hmm. law of like any countries other than my own and the one that I'm, I'm like what? 80% what? on. Um, but the point I'm getting at is, in my opinion, there are many cases where it is more than morally fine to pirate games. Recent example, Sony is shutting down a bunch of their old stores for the PS3, PS Vita and PS Portable. Most of those games will be mm-hmm. purchasable nowhere ever again. Pirate the fuck out of those games, please. Archive them, put them on storage, get them somewhere, because those games are going to be memories to people. Those games are work that people put in. They should be kept and accessible to all. It's just as simple as that. Hmm. Right? There's no other industry where just because a company that produced it um, doesn't want to maintain it anymore, or the published doesn't want to maintain this platform anymore, whatever, it suddenly stops. Right? You don't see a fucking insanely revered like this person's treated as like a god amongst artists right suddenly have their paintings taken down from a museum because the fucking oil paint company that they used went out of business and was like actually no like it doesn't happen we keep the art because it's art and games as far as i'm concerned in in most of the times count as art right like if if sony wants to shut down the store because it's not viable for them to run the hosting costs i mean i'm pretty sure looking at sony's profits it's more than viable but fair enough like they can shut down the playstation free store but to then claim that people shouldn't be able to get copies of the PS3 games is just absurd. Like, no, they should absolutely be able to do that. Those pieces of work should be preserved. And that's pretty much where I stand on the issue. Like, I don't feel like it's that complicated for me. It, it, that whole idea is really upsetting because, yeah, as you said, there's so many good games on there. <laughs> like, I'm more curious, are, are they going to do nothing to backlog some of these online-only games? Or, like, sorry, uh, PlayStation Store-only games? Um, because, like... Like, I was looking into getting a PSV2 at some point when I have spare money. Because I want a portable gamer device. You know, as much as I love the Switch, that was what, you know, kept me going. Um, and was what I used all the time back when I was younger. And I love some of the games on there. Um, mm. But some of the games are PlayStation Store only. So it's like, what what are they going to do? Are they, are they just going to get rid of all of them and not give two as shits? Far as, as far as I'm aware, from what I have read and seen you have absolutely zero way to use those games yeah right if you have a physical game those still work i believe um obviously they've not been produced or purchasable anymore um all of that shit um but yeah like if you have a game that's only available digitally through the store 
you keep you just that's it. It's just gone. Unless you pirate it, it's gone forever. And, I did. Ooh, I you did know, a good him. example of this is looking at like. I am. I was just looking at pictures. I broken up. It's like okay, but you cannot <laughs> purchase this game anywhere. Sorry, just a, a quick clarification. Did anyone else have it? I don't know if that was Discord did you, did or if that was you, just on my end. Did you just cut off for like four seconds? Uh, it was a bit more than it was like four a, seconds. It, it, on my end, I only noticed because at first I just saw your camera froze tactical. Oh, and okay. then Alfie's voice just went, so I think Discord oh, yeah, might was have... on my end, or... No, it was Discord then, because okay, mine did cool. the same. Alfie just oh, stopped, okay. and I thought okay. it was because I did something, because I said something and, like, did a no, weird face. Thought, well, that's where your camera was frozen. No, I didn't realise no one was talking. Oh, yeah. Uh, Typical. We'll be right, making I'll, our I'll own service, but next saying. Uh, Yeah. GameCube has a very strong emulation, archival, and piracy scene. Um, yep. And the reason that's such a fucking awesome thing is because... Those games, you one, pretty much it is borderline impossible to get physical copies of for a lot of them because they are either just so obscure games that they're just gone forever. Um, hard to find. And the ones that do exist, they're not being produced anymore, so those physical copies can be quite awkward to get your hands on. Um, there's no digital store; it's a GameCube. Um, like, like, like. So, so if you want to play physically on an actual GameCube device that you still own, on the easiest way is to flash your own ROMs, and. Yeah. If you don't want to do that, I want to use an emulator. Like you, you can't purchase the games or get the games in any legitimate way, and it would just be stupid to just lose all of that work that loads of devs over years, especially a really pivotal point in the gaming industry's history, console-wise, to just just say no, fuck it. Actually, do you know what? Those companies that can't make profits on those things anymore, uh, half of which don't even exist anymore, and Nintendo's not going to make any money off anymore. Actually, we're going to stop you from doing that for no reason other than just not wanting you to be able to preserve the art that. People created it's it's just stupid. No, I would yeah agree hundred percent. Hmm, it's gonna be annoying, I guess. Why? Why would they get rid of such wonderful memories for some people? So hopefully they do get you know pirated onto, uh, emulated onto PC. Should we say? Um. <laughs> well, what a what a nice recovery. Yeah, I recovered that one. Perfectly. No, I genuinely thought I annoyed you because you just stopped, and I was like, "Oh, he's doing one of these jokey things again." And then, mm. and then, then you just came it's back scary. in full conversation, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Yeah." Obviously, on my end, I had no idea anything was happening because I was watching the yeah. stream on my main monitor, not Discord's window, and I'm speaking, and none of you guys uh, are obviously. So I just I didn't hear anything happen. I'm, yeah, I didn't dear. notice because I'm complete. Uh, to be completely honest, I'm also browsing. We're gonna have to sue. My uh, itch.io bundle that I bought that has 56 pages of games. Mm -hmm. I'll start reading up the legal document. I um, really am. I know they won't. I really want itch.io to give me just a downloadable button. Oh, it would be. Like, I seriously just want to download all Did of they my say games. They were going to do that when they released that bundle. I think they said they were going to like make a way for you to find it more easily, which they did. But even that took them weeks. And then, like, but, you know, I can't complain. Oh, can't there's complain. such good games on here. I need to download. Um, yeah, which is a great website. It is, mm. and there's some perfect games on there. Now let me download. Oh. I couldn't even find like a GitHub page to do. I was really hoping someone had made that. This I think the most complicated thing would be telling it to do like the Windows download every time. I need to see if this but has got multiplayer. Because if it does, we all need to play it. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, I doubt it does because obviously, it, it, oh. it's 
I doubt it, but it looks like it could. Um, it could be a slightly more controversial take as well. Um, the okay. DRM free games, right? One mm -hmm. of the like common, like you shouldn't have DRM free because of this reason arguments is that like if I purchase a DRM free game on itch or mm. say humble or where, wherever, um, I could download that and I just give it to my mates and we can all play it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I understand where that comes from, but at the same time, when I had games as a child, I could purchase them and give them to a friend and we could play it. Yeah, no, I love like, like yeah, that was how that worked. That, that's what I love. Which uh, I love um, the developers for it takes two and a way out. Mm. You know that that mm -hmm. concept of you know only one of you has to own the the, the game to be able to play co-op. Um, I love that idea. Yeah. And I, I you really know, hope that catches on more. Yeah, and I know it was a while ago, but it it reminded me of that whole um, drama Xbox had when it was the PlayStation and X, uh, Xbox new consoles coming out the ps4 and xbox uh series x days i oh, sorry xbox one um where like xbox were, like it like there was a whole drama of xbox were gonna have drm discs basically you can use it in one console and one console only at which point at one of the presentations sony just did this little like um promotional bit where it was just like that's what we've just got guys we've uh you, it turns out if you give your game to someone else they can also play it like like, like yeah, adding madness. adding DRM to disc games is genuinely one of the worst things anybody could have ever done. That was a big problem with sport, mm. wasn't it, in its early days, if I remember correctly. Um, I think so, actually. Now that you say that, yeah, I think they were they had DRM issues uh, even with the disc Bloody. version. I think it was like you could only use it on four different computers um or something like that maybe two i i don't i don't remember the numbers but i knew they had an issue there's a vr game in here um anyway uh what, yeah it's a game it's where a you have one. to go and take out white blood cells or interest or so, blood oh, yeah. it's called blood blast vr blood blast vr i need to play See? this i have attempted would have known about it if I was able to download them all. It's just yeah. is it multiplayer? I, if it's multiplayer, I have been tempted at some point to do a stream where I just play through every single game that I have in Humble Bundle or Itch that yeah. I'm yet to play. No, just do all like, the, not itch the ones. Not the key ones on Humble because I have a few, and also with the reason he's Humble, yeah, probably less likely. Um, mm. But I just yeah, like to... I have so many Itch games. Oh, there's a relaxing ocean FSX. That's actually quite nice. Um. <laughs> Uh, another thing. Oh, you can. Sorry, Ooh. just uh, this. This will be very short, and I'm sorry. I deeply apologise for interrupting you. Ah, um, Discord. Uh, but with like DRM-free and sharing copies of games digitally in the way that historically you could have physically, um, right? The, the, one one culture I'd like to see change is this attitude that we have for numerous economic reasons, and I'm not going to get into the politics of economy and all of that, but. It's currently considered sort of standard in society that you sort of pay for a thing, right? And then you get the rights to use or own the thing, sometimes without the uh, owning, depending on what store you're purchasing from, and that's a bit iffy with online purchases. Mm. I feel like that should change to, I purchased the thing, so I get the DRM-free game from Itch. I have the right to share that with my friends and anyone reasonably. Yeah. And the culture should change to accept that people go, oh, oh yeah, my friend just gave me this really cool game. That was really cool. I'm going to donate some money to the devs of that game. That was, that was really nice. And I feel like yeah. that should be how stuff works. I mean, it would be way better if instead of purchasing a game, right? Because like demos don't exist anymore. 
Um, well, they do, but not not anywhere near like they used to, <laughs> right? Instead of purchasing the game and I'm having everyone purchase the game, I think it would be way more interesting if people got to try way more games, especially on like the smaller indie scene, um, in order to explore these games. And then there was a, a very very established culture of like, I enjoyed this product, I will donate, right? Yeah. Um, mm. and sort of more, more, I guess, more like a pay what you want system. Um, would very much be how it is, you know, like like, I think that attitude is. Something I would like to see a lot more people pick up in that it's fine. But like, like if I was to release a game, I'd be fine with people to distribute the dear and free copy between their friends. And I would just ask that if people enjoy the game, throw me a couple of quid, you know? Like, that's reasonable, I feel. No, yeah, that's... that's I, I think it's a really nice way of doing it. Um, both from a user standpoint and from your standpoint. I just wanted to say two things. First one I've just figured out... Um, the first Octodad is in this bundle, which I was completely unaware was a game. Um, I didn't realize Octodad Dadliest Catch was the second in the series. Uh, Fake fan. Fake I fan. know. I just didn't, because I Good. saw it and I was like, this looks like the most, like, I don't know. It just looks really weird, but it looks fun. I need to play that at some point. Secondly, I just wanted to... Uh, really? I don't know if I want to say it now because it's off topic, but it's... I mean, we may as well. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to briefly bring this up because this was big news early in the week and that was that the UK football almost fucking killed itself. Um, well, it was very far off where UK. I this was going. Oh, no, because it, it was more UK teams than European. I think there's currently three European teams in it still ill and there was going to be five UK teams that they've all pulled out now, but that almost killed football in the UK scene, like major football. Um and the fact that it's you know, that they've all backed out now is, is a good thing, but still seen as oh you yeah, did a my, bad. My favorite thing about that whole drama on the Super League was as someone that doesn't follow football and doesn't know how football works from like like I know like the rough rules, I don't know the the detailed rules, but I know the rough rules of the actual game itself. But I don't know like the structure of the competitive scene um, I couldn't tell you exactly how the relations between, say, um, like the Premier League and the Champions League were. Like, I, I don't know the, that sort of detail of the competitive scene. It was interesting for me, as someone that follows a lot of esports Twitter, because a lot of esports Twitter, the people that did know about football and didn't know how that scene worked went, this is terrible. And the people that didn't went, but so I'm confused. Why is everyone angry here? Because isn't this just like the best teams competing versus each other? Like, isn't that just a good thing? Because you get to see better competition, like, treating from a very literal perspective. Not understanding that it was a very um, sort of self-interested decision by some very rich teams and organizations to, it wasn't even arguably the best teams, right? It, it was, it was entirely. I, again, I still don't fully understand because I'm not. I don't understand the exact intricacies of how the capacity team football works. But basically, a bunch of rich people wanted to make themselves richer by stimulating a league that just was only them, so that they could all profit off of it, um, rather than including everyone into the competition in in a sort of fair and structured way. So to give um, them football. Give it more context on what you're saying. Um, one of the big things that got these big teams in it was the amount of money the teams would have received on joining the league was more than they would have win in a Premier League, which is one of the biggest leagues in the UK. Um, so you know, joining just joining yeah. the Super League, you would have got more money than winning one of the biggest tournaments in the UK or Europe, but some would say. So you know, that, I can understand why they wanted to do it. People do forget that, and this happens a lot in esports as well. 
it's not under the teams, the managers, or even sometimes the board's decision. It was the owners that wanted to do this. Yes. You know, they, the teams had no, like, a lot of the players, or more or less all the players, didn't want this, didn't care, and didn't find out until the day of, to be fairly honest. Same with managers. So, like, the fact that a lot of people got annoyed at the teams was just unfair. I can understand it, you know, obviously, if you don't have a, a true understanding yeah. of the, 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 the what's going on behind the scenes, you know, I don't blame you, but... but I mean, again, like, you need to separate that. It wasn't everyone. Like, don't get me wrong. Not everyone that I see on esports Twitter was tweeting that. People on esports Twitter know how football works as a scene anyway. Um, and there were people on esports Twitter that, that were like responding to these people, like, but isn't this just going to be good because it's going to be more competitive and, and make it more enjoyable to watch like a more rigorously competitive game? Uh, and some people were like, but isn't that the Champions League? Isn't that the so World Cup? Isn't that the point of like, oh, so you have fucking like fucking middle of buttfuck nowhere fc and also the buttfuck nowhere fc and they compete and then they have some really good matches and then slightly more significant place fc notices the player of middle of buttfuck nowhere fc and eventually you go up the chain all the way until this person's playing for a regional county in a country and then they're playing for the country's team and then they're playing in the world cup and theoretically even if it doesn't necessarily always look like this someone that was good enough at football could climb that path and end up playing at like the top of competition yeah like so you don't need the Super League. But obviously a lot of this is from people that, like, I, I couldn't even tell you which leagues are in which order. I'm just guessing based on the names, right? Like, I know loads of people that I saw were guessing based on the names because I saw some people talking about the Premier League as if it was, like, the best league in football. And I was like, isn't the Premier League, like, a UK thing? Like, no, the it, World Cup's the tippy top. Like, everyone was just confused, basically. Oh, oh can I say? So yeah, here we go again. Oh god, I was just gonna say like for people who don't understand why it was such an issue, the two main points. Not I don't mean this in any offensive way, but a lot of people saw this as it was Americanizing football, um, and I, it was more or less a quote from one of which the, is the worst football. It, it was America. It was a quote from one of the um, owners of these teams who is they're called the. Um, uh, the, the 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 Glazer brothers, I think they're called. They own Man United. Um, they just sound like a neighbour who owns a glazing company. But uh, I don't know if it was that one or. But one of these American owners who owns these football teams said that he doesn't understand the whole point of relegation in UK football or European football, um, which I would say is a huge part of why this nobody wanted this. Second was um, BT, BBC, Sky. None of these, obviously BBC. Um, but none of these wanted to buy a contract with the Super League, so it wouldn't have been shown on most UK TV. Um, so people would have had to pay more money to watch football oh, they probably didn't God. care about. Um, so that oh, was yeah. that was also another real big argument to why what's the point of this? Um, I think it is a general problem with sports in general, in my opinion, though. Um, like, like for me, what I, what I enjoy about watching sports is watching. Players, generally, if I'm watching sports, I want to be watching towards the better end, towards the, the more competitive end, right? Watching mm -hmm. skilled players do something that I probably can't do and stuff. Because, because I mean, even if you're, like, literally number one rank in Overwatch, you're not on the level of some of the players in our OWL, right? Like Overwatch League. Don't get me wrong, you're probably on the level of some of them for, you know, numerous reasons. Um, but, like, the absolute top tier... Um, best players in Overwatch League are a good bit past the top of the ladder because there is a huge difference between playing with random teammates and uh, for people that don't know in Overwatch um, 
once you're at the top of the ranks, you can't queue with some um, uh, more than one other person. So the maximum you can do is a duo queue. Um, so you can maximum have one other teammate you expected with you um, on whatever role you expected. And obviously there's a big difference between that type of play on a, la a ladder versus random players versus teams where you're strategizing, where you're VOD reviewing, where you're looking at what the enemy team is doing and what strategies you expect from them, where you're trying to figure out ways you can decompose their strat and where you can figure out what this team's weakness is. Do they have a tank that's prone to overextend? Can you capitalize on that? That sort of level of play that you, you, you see in esports in Overwatch at the top is obviously a significant portion above. And that's what is, is, is exciting to me from sports, right? So if I just wanted to watch competitive Overwatch top level, I could watch plenty of streamers. And those are entertaining as well. You know, there's loads of great streamers in Overwatch. It's just that there's, there's that separation from like the main ladder to esports where it's that, that sort of team culture, right? You're now playing a very serious team sport <laughs> and your team's working together. You've got strategic coaches that are giving you strats to do. Um, you're figuring out ways to, to, to win these engagements versus other teams and how you can, uh, even if you're technically, mechanically, your McCree player is worse at aim. Um, your, you know, D.Va player has got worse reaction times, right? Like, even if you analyze it, you technically have these mechanical differences. It's about that strategy and how you can give yourself the one-up to win. And I think that applies to all sports, right? Like, at the, at the top tier of sports, if you're, I, I can't comment directly on football, but I would imagine that in the top tier of football, right, if you're on Man United and you're playing in the World Cup, probably going to have someone in your team's organization that's going to be looking at how maybe you're first playing against um i don't know name of a football club chelsea because uh, i'm thinking of football clubs and that's the only two i can think of yes oh, he's a fan um, he's a fan i'm a fan, a fan right you're going against chelsea and you know that they specifically commonly feel this player in this position what can you do about that how does this player what sort of mistakes does this player make most commonly right uh what ways could you maybe try and psych this player out or, or whatever like in a physical sport, it's kind of different to video games because, just put simply, video games are more complicated than physical sports. That doesn't mean they're better necessarily. They ju they just have more complex yeah. facets to the ways that they can be played because you can you know use 3D space more, right? People can't fly in fucking football at least last time but I they checked. Can't. You know, so there's obviously that separation. But that's still the thing. Um, so so it happens a lot to me in esports when I see the. Or it annoys me a lot in esports and normal sports in general. When I see these team owners separate to the actual organization that's running the team, mm. make these decisions that are very abstracted and separated from an understanding of the industry itself. A good example of that in Overwatch League recently being um, the LA Valiant, who had a team of fan favorite players, had some relatively good players, um, and their team was owned by a separate team to the people that managed them. Um, oh, sorry, no, it was, I think the team was actually at that point owned by the people that were managing them. But that uh, sort of was a separate department, basically. It wasn't like... The, the team owners weren't the managers. It was just owned by the same company, strictly speaking, right? Um, and separate to the managers knowing, separate to the players knowing, separate to the social media managers, the, all the staff knowing, uh, this, this organization that owned them, this team owner, wanted to sell the team um, eventually. But they couldn't just sell the team right now. So what they did was sort of go with this middle ground where they obviously were interested in... Basically, they want to leave the esports scene. It, it's become very clear now that they're, they're not interested. They've got other financial interests um doing they're running like a gaming website and service in brazil or something so that's what their main business interest is now they want to pull mm. out of esports so what they did was they sold off the managerial position to a, another uh, company in china and kicked all of the staff out of the team every single one every player every manager the coaches they all got booted 
and just kicked out and literally zero warning and then the team just went we're moving to china and now the chinese managers are like running it temporarily and it's expected that at some point they will probably sell the team to someone else like the, the whole franchise because everyone is franchise right so sell the franchise that they own someone else completely and they'll fully exit the uh the esports scene and this sucked for everyone involved because there was no warning um they technically took advantage of rules in the new contracts that have been in place for covid and that people need to be able to sign people very quickly um and all of that um it, it was quite a messy situation and, and what this team ended up doing under this new managerial sort of role is basically picking up a bunch of not that good players that they could just get on for cheap and not pay much money who were just happy to be receiving a salary um you know even if the salary is very low probably minimum contract requirements in our owl and and i think just shit like that sucks because it's just a team decision that's clearly like fair enough that team as a business wants out right like whether you agree with their decision or not they want out of esports but with like some structure that could have been handled so much better in like handing the team franchise off to a different owner that was interested in continuing esports right yeah. like to just fuck over players that are expecting to be employed for a year under a salary and the staff and the coaches just with literally zero warning and to just move to china and it was all happening in like a three-day period it's just it's shit and when shit like that happens like i think it does show a problem in all sports of the people that own teams versus the actual managers having a sort of separation of interests in that if there had just been better communication and better organization then that could have been handled so much better still allowing the business to pull out from esports if that's what they want to do yeah. No, yeah, I, I think you've hit it nail on the head. God damn it, I was going to say that. You're not allowed <laughs> to take what I'm going to say word for word. You saw it. Welcome. I'm eating chicken wings now, so I talk less. <laughs> I see. Um, oh, yeah, so I see how it is. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. I just want to no, say... Oh yeah, I know itch.io you're not watching, but please, in the bundle, let oh. me sort by multiplayer games only. I was thinking that earlier, because I found one that was multiplayer up to four players, and then I found you couldn't sort by multiplayer one, so we're going to have to go through and find some. Yeah, there are some really good absolutely games something here. we're going to have to do. Like, I streamed Overland. Overland is a great game, I highly recommend it. Um, I can't remember which one that was, to be honest. Sky Rogue is also a great game. Uh, yeah, Sky Rogue. Oh, it? I missed that. What was the multiplayer game you saw, can I ask? I think it was like No Breaks Valley or something like that. Oh, that sounds yeah, like fun. I'm, I'm interested into how it's going to work multiplayer, but there's just so many games here. <gasps> oh, this looks like a fun treasure hunt game. Uh, let's see if it's got multiplayer. Anyway, you were, you were saying... Oh man, I was saying like I came into this podcast as always, like expecting to do certain topics, but then I like always get myself sidetracked. Like when you were talking about like the was it the PlayStation Vita? You said you were thinking of getting. Uh, Sorry, yeah. the, the Vita was a portable. The PlayStation uh, Vita. Oh okay. Which, if you didn't know, is even he doesn't know life in Latin. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I remember that yeah, thanks, thanks for clarifying. It was a waste of a GCSE, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, I don't see so, your okay. E coming into much use. Would you get I, D? I forget. Who, uh, me? D. Oh. Uh, but it got me thinking. Like, sure, the PSP, like, at the time, and by modern standards, like, its resolution wasn't anything impressive. But I wonder, like, how... Because all the AMD APU tests I see are done at, like, 1080 and 720p. If you were to do it by, like older sort of resolution standard so 
perhaps like 480, perhaps a bit higher, because ugh, 480. I wonder like how viable it would be at that point. And depending on how you did it, you would have upgrade routes for the future as well, for when they released better APUs. Obviously, in the first place, you'd have to buy a 1080p screen, because otherwise you'd be rebuying that as well. But it's really an it's a topic that I've not really cared about for years. Like I had the Game Boy Advance SP, then I had the Nintendo DS or a couple because I broke them, then the Nintendo DSi. And for me, like, that was all I had. Oh, and I got that PSP or free cycle. But other than that... Well, the PSP was underrated. The Switch and things like that, I just, like... I didn't really care for when they came out. Things like the Wii U, um... Which I suppose you could argue wasn't technically a portable, depending on... Did anybody buy the Wii U? Yeah... Not as uh, much as Nintendo hoped, obviously. And also, I do have problems with not just Nintendo as a company, but like the way the Switch is like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good bit. It's not a great bit of tech. It might have been when it came out, but now I'd say it's a good bit of tech with... I, I just, I don't like the pricing on it is the main thing. I don't like the price of the console. I don't like the price of the games, the limitations. One thing that I, Nintendo I, 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 do is sort of regulate a very strict ecosystem around their own consoles, mm. and I think it's quite malicious in places. I think it's unfair of me to say, like, limitations when it comes to what you can do. Because on that console, like, as far as I'm aware, there is an inbuilt web browser, and I'm being unfair, and I am comparing it to a desktop, like, when I think about it. But I, it, it's a subject that's, beca- uh, that's started interesting me more and more, actually, is handheld PCs, especially running uh, possibly a scale down, but a Windows environment or Linux if you're a madman who can type like a thousand things a second and I mean, none of them make any sense. I'm not necessarily saying it's viable like now, especially if you're not willing mm. to like, if you're not someone that's comfortable running a Linux OS, but the advancements that are being made with like Proton, for example, that allows you to run like Windows binary games on Windows, uh, on Linux, sorry, um, mm. with like basically no issue, like that yeah. continues development, like, you get some more usability, and they're like, I can absolutely see that like, you can get a really low-level system that's quite low overhead on, like, a handheld console. Or PC, sorry. You know what I mean? It, I was... It, it, and it's, it ties back into what I was saying in another Discord, like, uh, tech-wise, the next generation, like, ignoring all the stock issues, I have problems with reviewers using, like, current prices compared to actual prices. It's, it's a whole other thing. But the next gen of tech, like, I'm excited for APUs because I think we're getting close to that 1080p 60fps barrier with them, which will be a massive step. GPUs will hopefully be going over to multi-chip modules, which in theory should make them cheaper because better yields from, like, the actual silicon used in them. And I forgot what the other thing was. What was the other thing? Oh, and the other thing wasn't quite as exciting. It was just AMD CPUs because they're going to be going over to the AM5 socket. And support for DDR5, like not that we'll have DDR5 for a long time, especially at an affordable price for consumer not use. Consumer, yeah, yeah. But I, I, it's going to be an exciting generation. Like this one was all right, but it, it, just, it wasn't that big to me. This, like, like what I'm going to call like the past few years of CPU advancement has been good. Mm. Uh, overall tech advancement, yeah. yeah, I would agree it's been pretty lackluster. Um, mm. But I do agree that I think going into it, I think we're we're at the point now where we're starting to get. Like to the point where I feel like we could comfortably say, like, like, like you say, right? Like you like the switch, don't necessarily think it's great hardware now. Um, yeah. Like I feel like 
with the sort of work that Nintendo can do and the industry friends they have, like I think Nintendo can release a more date to date Switch with better hardware that would yeah. be pretty goddamn appealing. Like it still it still has all the problems from like the their Nintendo's attitude to pricing games and all of that side of things. Yeah. If, if that's a problem for you, but as from a hardware perspective alone, just looking at the actual console itself, like I think Nintendo can release a Switch that you know could be pretty impressive. Um, like with what we can do now, I definitely agree that AMD. CPUs just in general are like the only CPUs that excite me. Um, yeah. Because, like, people have been talking about like Intel possibly having like a bit of a comeback. They've got new management. It, you know, Intel is looking up, so to speak. Mm. I don't disagree with that. Um, but the problem I have with Intel is that unless, like, this manager is going to make, well, I can't remember her name, I do apologize, but um, it's going to make some drastic decisions that are going to massively impact their entire backlog of every single CPU they've released in like the past like 20 years which would be stop software locking off features that your cpus are capable of doing so that you can be feature compliant with amd on the low end which i just don't see them doing i i i I don't think i can personally buy because of the absolutely i 100 agree not standard consumer things i like to do with my computers Mm -hmm. being refused the option for say ecc memory it's just absurd to me because I want to be able to run ECC memory on my consumer CPU. I don't want to have to buy some stupid extra cost that's completely artificial because <laughs> the CPU is capable of it or go to an entirely separate one. line of CPUs. Yeah, which is what the answer of Intel. Well, I could just buy an AMD CPU on the fucking low end that would just yeah. do that with no issue because of course it can. And it's that attitude that AMD has displayed that has been the biggest thing that makes me... Like not AMD fanboy, I think they both have selling points in different areas, but hmm. but more respected. Like I respect AMD more as a company from those decisions because they're not locking off things that their CPU are capable of doing. They're not like recommending that you use ECC RAM with Ryzen, right? Like they're saying like if you want ECC RAM, you should probably be using like Threadripper or Epic, right? Like we we think that this is what yeah. you should be doing. You're probably looking for this workload. These CPUs are more optimized for that and will be better for it. But you can still do it, and I think yeah. that is exactly how it should be like i think locking features away for no reason is just one of the worst things that the like pc component industry has been doing for a while now the other thing with like intel's new management like sure it's great that they've got a new manager who in theory like should know what's going on a bit more because they've had a bit more experience like on the engineering side of things as far as i understand especially hardware wise it's still gonna take years to see their Mm. influence come through because they can't just scrap these next couple of gens of cpus which are finally starting to move down to smaller nanometer nodes which also um this is a Hmm. a much more speculative take on intel and it's a bit more of a market analysis hot take um, type thing it is a bit of a it is a bit of a hot take right um but semiconductor fabrication as an industry has been in a very weird point recently because for numerous reasons, we very, very quickly slammed into capacity internationally on how much semiconductors we could produce. This hit yeah. all PC components, it hit a lot of technologies, um, it hit car manufacturing, it hit pretty much mm. anything that has any involvement with semiconductors. Um, and it's interesting uh, to me because Intel, I can't remember exactly what, what it was they specifically announced, but Intel has fabbed their own um, chips for a while now. Uh, they don't do it entirely for everything they produce, I believe, but for a lot of it, they do. Um, but the main other standard uh, fab companies that you would expect to go to would be TSMC and Samsung. 
um, both of which are used somewhat by a uh, pretty much everyone basically. Um, and Nvidia do a bit as well, and I believe I'm also kind of moving to doing more. But I think Intel announced like two huge new fabrication sites in um, Nevada or Arizona, um, mm. alongside other existing fabs. Like it's an area where they sort of commonly do fabs, and they're planning to sell the fabrication capacity they have in the way that TSMC or Samsung would, right? And that you can buy up um, silicon for yourself. Yeah. Now, that, from everything that I can tell, and again, I, I'm not an expert, I'm not one of the billionaires <laughs> that owns one of these companies buying but fabrication not. capacity. Because what you would want us to believe, yes. Yeah. But from what I can tell, this is a very, what I'm going to colloquially call, dick move. <laughs> in the... Pretty much these other fabrication companies have all been sort of under the impression that everyone would just buy from them and it's been sort of this like sort of no, no, okay that's maybe the wrong way of winning it but like that's kind of been a culture that has existed right and yeah. from what I can understand everyone's kind of pissed at Intel and it's gave them a very bad rep that they've decided to make this decision among fabrication specifically um, and Intel's obviously been like, there's been like the mean about what fucking nanometer Intel's CPUs are on, and it, I didn't even need to get into it because it's fucking. God, it's just, honestly, it's just annoying. Like, because it just doesn't matter that much. Um, it does, and, and all of that stuff. But it, it seems to me that, like, if Intel does go into fabrication and tries to sell this capacity, I would imagine that, like, I don't mean to, to break it to you, right? But Intel, you're a big company, you do a lot of stuff from like management of IT services to like CPU manufacturing to silicon, you know, semiconductor fabrication, right? And then mm. you're looking at like TSMC as a company and they literally serve pretty much one purpose. They do do some other stuff, but they pretty much <laughs> serve one purpose, which is making semiconductors in their foundries, right? Mm. And I'm like, if you're TSMC right now, and you're looking at Intel's move. TSMC is already investing billions into adding fabrication capacity because we hit capacity internationally and we need more fab capacity. Like, you're just going to out-compete Intel. Like, just easily. Your costs are going to be less. Your products are going to be mm -hmm. higher quality. You've been doing it the proper scale of our company serves the purpose of internationally having the supply chain and producing semiconductors in a way that well intel has been doing this for years on a smaller scale for itself and maybe a couple extra industry friends right mm. it, like it, it's not going to work oh, as far as i'm aware as well like for context intel produces some fabs and also buys some fabs i believe mostly from tsmc uh, i believe in the agreement uh, or in the statement they put out about this fabrication uh, investments once the plants are being they're planning to stop ever buying from tsmc so oh. that's going to be quite like, like, like that's part of why it's been like considered a bit of a dick move so because obviously they're very much trying to become a competitor. That yeah. just seems like something that's going to piss all these other companies off. doesn't seem like it's going to work, because I'm sorry, but just like TSMC and Samsung are like just so like the winners in this industry as it is, right? Like, yeah, everyone's been using them for years. Everyone, I expect, will continue to use them for years. Um, like, it, it just seems like a weird decision from Intel that's going to make them less popular from an industry standpoint. And I feel like Intel's kind of just in this really awkward position where their CPUs have been okay. Um, they've not had great advancements between generations. They've not even really had generations for quite some time. No. Um, to speak, you know, in uh, like they brand them as generations, but not really generations, so to speak. Um, AMD, on the other hand, has definitely had generations recently. 
like in 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 terms of recently as in like the scale of intel um it's not like they're doing like you know year on year or more than the year generations that like we've seen in the past cpu wise but you know they're definitely advancing at a faster rate generation wise they're a nicer company in terms of their attitude towards features and what they offer on their cpus in my opinion depending on what you're looking for they're the better option price wise i just don't see that intel's going to actually be that successful like down the line unless they make some like hugely serious changes um i think they rely very much on like from from like the gaming and consumer perspective just the recognition of their brand um right like there is obviously a huge amount that like people watching computers become like an everyday household item knowing like intel you know you see intel on the adverts you see intel stickers on pcs like that brand name is like the one that like the boomers will know right like they will probably recognize when you say intel um in the way that a lot of boomers that didn't own like early computers probably wouldn't be able to recognize um different cpu manufacturers right they're not going to recognize power pc they're not going to rise uh, recognize amd nowadays right like mm. they're just they're just not like intel just is that name people know that people don't even recognize nvidia right that are boomers because people don't care about anything other than the cpu because fuck it apparently and i feel like as that dies down as like that generation of people dies off and you get to more like uh, the younger generation but my attitude to intel is as evidenced by the previous rant not that positive like why would I ever buy Intel? Like, they're just a terrible choice. Yeah. Just fuck Intel, basically. I hope they improve, but I don't expect them to, and I don't have much expectation that I'll ever be pushing Intel again. Like, literally. That's how oh. bad it's got. I mean, my yeah. current CPU has been, like, the worst purchase I've ever made. Everybody I know who has a CPU complains, and that's because all content creators. Um... I mean, like, my my CPU was bought a long time ago, and it's old. And a four core CPU for the price I paid for it is well below what the current standard is for CPUs. Yada yada yada. It's an old CPU. I get it, but God, it sucks. It's such a bad decision. I should have just waited <laughs> you for years know. and then bought a better CPU. You didn't know. Okay. If I know what AMD were going to do, even with the first fucking release of Ryzen, I would have been so much better off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Huh? Well, we know what you're going to do, you just said, but... Yeah, so, buy an AMD Fred Ripple. I'm glad... I would love oh, it, yeah. joking. I'm glad you had that wonderful rant, because I managed to find all the multiplayer games that we could play from this <gasps> entire bundle. Um, Wait, what? How? It's a disappointing... Okay, it might not be all of them. Work. Not, but someone um, had curated a list. I don't know if it was all of them. It didn't look like it was. But someone curated a list of <laughs> as many of these games in this bundle in a... Um, in a uh excel spreadsheet um and listing if they had multiplayer and if what sort of multiplayer so i went through and got all the ones with server-side multiplayer or a a hop i think it was said multiplayer which i assume just meant um hosted multiplayer um and i found 13 so mm. you know some of them look quite fun some of them look quite interesting some of them definitely different uh like there's one here called airship which i hope is still available but it just looks like terraria but with airships is the best way i can put it okay it looks um, fun um definitely something we could try out i guess uh then there's what yeah. looks to be a planet planetary annihilation sort of game 
Um, oh God! It looks cute oh, as no. fuck, man. No, <laughs> no. It's 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 an arena bot. Uh, wait, what's it? What is it? The... Is it going to be better balanced than Planetary Annihilation? Though? What is its um, tags? Mechs, multiplayer, online, program, and PvP robots, single player, tactical. Um, it's a strategy game. It's you. So, it looks quite cool. It was one of those ones I wanted to play originally. Then there's Oh No Bugs, which just looks like fun. Um, mm -hmm. Neon Valley Revenge, which is a, a neon shooter. That's what I say. Uh, then there's Doomstar. Lose. I can't say that first one, but I assume that's the developer. Give me a moment. Um, no, it's not. Okay. Well, it's called Doomsday. It looks. I've already found many items, like many pages, sorry, of supposedly multiplayer games. I don't know to what extent. Okay. Yeah. A lot like... of them are multi local multiplayer because there's a lot of card games mm. in this bundle and um, and board games. Uh, yeah. They're actually talking about board games. There's one called Attrition Tactical Frontlines, which is a board game multiplayer hosted, like server hosted game. Looks quite fun. Well, there uh, you go. These are all going to be on stream, by the yeah. way. No, over I... on Twitch. TV slash tactical TV. I genuinely would be down to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would like the idea at some point to, like I said earlier, stream day. through um, like all the like single player games and stuff that I have from these bundles over the years. Like just going through, like not honestly playing them to completion because that would be absurd. Just like picking them up, being like, yeah, this isn't for me, or I don't like this, or mm. I really like this, and actually finishing some of them maybe. Right. But I think we could totally yeah. do that. It's like that exact same idea with like multiplayer games. Like we all have enough, right? Yeah. There's one here that, um, there's one here that I think uh, would be fun. It's called Desert Mothers. The best way I can describe it is take acid and just walk in the desert. <laughs> uh, then there's Rock and Rush Battle Racing, which just looks like um, uh, your typical racer. But you, you instead of winning, you have to kill each other. My personal favorite, Penguin's Arena. <laughs> you can quite literally guess what that one is. You play a penguin in first person. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Then you got Over the Moon, which is a love story about someone who loves the moon too much. But apparently, mm. it's got multiplayer on it, and I'm just interested to see how that works. Uh, and then I think that was all of them. Oh, and then there was—I don't know if this has multiplayer. Let me. Just... Um, it doesn't, but this game looks absolutely called Moo Cartography, where it's a treasure finding game. You know how you got that like height map? Um, like how you got like an extruded height map? It's basically that, but you're looking for treasure. It looks really cool. Really nice idea. But no, Airships is one I'd love to play, try out. It looks like a proper good game. Sus. Mm. My, my only way is there's some games on here that I keep seeing, like, like there was a couple I saw that said early access, early access, and I was like, well, does that mean this version of the game I've got still works? And if so, in its current state? But no, yeah, I would genuinely love to do, like, um, I did actually not shortly after buying the bundle play a couple of the games on stream with my girlfriend. One of them most notably being, uh, I said it like 10 minutes ago and I've already forgotten. I'm such nice. an idiot. Uh, 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 Overland. Overland, I love that game so much. Super Hexagon's on here, for like, God's sake. That is a wonderful game. And Last Night. Last Night is a great game. Highly recommend, you know, all of these games. Get them 
on itch.io you know you get the developers get a really good um cut out of it unfair jousting that was banter desktop goose i wish my girlfriend didn't download that oh i still got it hell yeah Oh, yeah, it's incredible how many geese you can have. <laughs> Fifty-two og files. Oh yeah, I'm glad this is now just listing off games. Wow, oh. ocean. Um, yeah, we'll have them featured on the podcast next week. Just ocean sounds for you all. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll no, we'll definitely play some of these games on stream. I'd love to try some of these out, like the general. I really want to try out in. Gladabots, uh, Gladabots, yeah, Gladi Gladi Gladiator. It's a word. Nice. So, wow. You're welcome. Oh, interesting. It looks also, like you um, have to code the bots. I'm not sure if this is still the case. I'm, I am not an expert on this with itch. Mm -hmm. Um, but I believe the way their cut system still works, as in like the amount of re the revenue share they take, is pay what you want by the developers so when you host a game on it you can choose the cut that it gets oh okay uh, down to zero up to well, i think theoretically you could do 100 um so I, i'm not sure if that's exactly how it works but i think it still is um obviously i believe if you were like a, a developer publishing on it through a publisher the publisher probably has some influence on what you set that to um but as far as i'm aware yeah like a purchase on itch does not necessarily give any money to itch or it could give like 50 percent of the money to itch depending on what the person is comfortable with, which I think is a, a very open and friendly way of doing that. Yeah. Um, I would just like to uh, uh, correct myself, by the way. That game I said that looks like Plantain Annihilation, I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> it's a game where basically you have robots and you have to code the AI in them and, you know, depending on how you want to code it, you can make them attack, defend, or... Like, it looks like a really cool concept for a multiplayer game, which, you know, would be interesting. Uh... Definitely. Hopefully the multiplayer still works. That's all I can say. But it's got like... Yeah, it's really an interesting... Oh, do you want to link to it? Well, I mean, I'll... I've got the thing here. Oh, it's just, yeah, I'm glad... I'm so glad, I know you mentioned this earlier, but I'm so glad they added a search, a search functionality. Like, I don't know if that wasn't since day one on the bundle, but, like, scrolling through 59 pages of games, which each page was like 20 games, was... You know, it's nice because you learn and find new stuff, but... I still just wish there was an adult library button. I, I understand why they might not want to do that by default, because people don't want everything spamming their library, but I want everything in my library. The library's the place where I'm meant to be able to easily sort through my games. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I found a VR drum game, which, you know, I'm going to have fun with. Of course you do. And, oh yeah, the one I forgot like... to say, there's a VR bully uh, billiards game, which I really just want to play. Oh no. A significant portion of the reason I haven't played a lot of the games in this itch bundle when I purchased it, it was just one I probably, some of them I actually like already own on Steam or whatever and have played. Um, it's like those, we, whatever, they're not, not really relevant here. But other than that, it's just that like, there's like 60 pages of games with like 20 games on each and I have to go through and there's no, no information other than the name, like a short description and the picture. So I have to like open every single one in a new tab figure out what it is, go, oh yeah, I like that, then go back from that page to the bundle page, then to hit the download button, because I can't just do that from the normal page. And it's just like, it's kind of like really awkward to do, and I just haven't been able to easily sort through them. 
But if I just had them in my bundle, I probably would, uh, my library, I'm sure, would be able to do that. Like, considerably easier. Well, okay, the games I recommend... I'm pretty sure you can sort your library. Uh, the games I recommend are uh, Gladiator... It's about G-L-A-D-I-A bots. Um, then we've got airships, which looks like fun. And what was the other? Uh, penguins, I guess. Penguins Arena. Hmm. I think I think those two would be the best to try my player way. Or maybe Neon Valley Revenge. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah. It's a first and third person multiplayer game. So, you know. Right, it looks almost like identical to Call of Duty. No, uh, if anybody's curious, by the way, there's a PS Vita going on eBay. It sells in eight minutes and it's currently at £75. It still surprises you me how, how much these old portable consoles uh, go for, like PS is and all. I was just thinking about old portable consoles, perhaps not the PSP and Vita so much from what I remember of their design. Things like the um, DSs, though, like they had a, they had a dual screen. That'd be useful for like a modern day one that's running some sort of like proper operating system. Yeah, a bit yeah. like the um the Windows Surface Duo. A bit. Yeah, sure. Uh no, like someone actually someone told me because this whole thing happening with Sony's console, um sorry, the store, that the physical games are going up in price, especially the rare ones. Which I was like, cool. Because he literally just came to me and said, does anybody here, like, we're in a group, and he was like, does anybody here have any PlayStation 3 games, like the physical copies? I'm like, why Why would I? I, I get rid of most of my PS4 games. Like, I very rarely <sighs> keep my console games. Monster. I've still I got my like, Nomads. Um... I've still got two, I've still got my Nomads copy version. Of it. That, yeah, I'd hope so. I've still got the copy of Nomads Sky for my PlayStation in, a, in a, one of the limited edition boxes. I would like to see a new DS. The last like DS was released um, in twenty sixteen, no twenty seventeen. Sorry, which is the two DS XL. Um, and I feel like as much as that's like relatively recent, like you can probably, like you can probably get away with um, like uh, upgrading a lot of that a little bit. Like like even just in like terms of graphical performance, even if you keep the screen relatively similar, right? Like, I personally don't think they would, because they are they they like to concentrate on one device at a time. I find like there's rumors there's going to be weird. a new switch out, which is probably just going to be an upgraded version of the uh the normal switch. Uh, they brought a new I mean, color of the switch light. To be honest, which was one thing news. people often forget about Nintendo. Is they treat Nintendo in kind of a weird way because Nintendo has a lot of like things that people laugh at them for, such as like the Wii U, right? People are like, God, that was like a particularly bad console. But like they what tried. I will refer to as like most of the 3DSs isn't that I don't think anyone liked the 3DS gimmick really. Some like it was kind of just I, stupid. I wanted one, but I was like a kid. Let me find out <laughs> what that was like. Actually, I never wanted a 3DS because what? I just used my DSi. No, that's why like, I wanted it, was because like, of I still the cool flying one. game. Like, why couldn't they have released that cool flying game to Wii, man? I was mm. so excited for that. It's the only reason I didn't I wanted own, one. Um, 
Oh, oh I've never yet. I, I still haven't ever owned one of the uh, like quote 3DS family DSs, like the 2DS or 3DS. I've only no. ever owned the original. Oh my DS god, family, they were released in 2011. Why, oh. guys? Discord is just failing. It's uh... successful games console company by an insane way. Because, yeah. like, if you look at the top-selling games consoles, um, right, of all time, man. PlayStation 2, yep, makes sense. PS2 was a very mm -hmm. popular console and a very good console. And how does someone in... The Nintendo DS family, quite that that mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, including the whole family, but no, yeah, like, the, I, I would agree it's fair enough to consider that most of the DSs are okay. just, like, progressions of the same console, like, Ooh, in the way okay. that a new Switch could be considered that, like, fair enough. It didn't add anything in like the Wii versus the Wii U sense, right? Like it was kind of just like Eight. the exact same thing, still two screens, still the same buttons. There's a 3D gimmick now. Now it can't fold for some reason. Um, continuing on, and then it's the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which are combined for relatively fair enough reasons, I'd say. Um, okay. PlayStation Four, uh, then PlayStation, then it's Wii, then PlayStation Three. There's uh, definitely there's two Windows companies and, here. Yeah, that, ESP, okay. then Switch, 3DS, NES, SNES, Nintendo 64. No, 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 no. Did you say what was after Xbox 360? Game Boy Advance. Family. And then PSP. And then PSP. So Sony's was is there a, is there numbers with these? Yes. The only issue is that the PSP is an estimate because the numbers were never released. Uh, it's estimated okay. 80 to Typical. 82 million. The Game Boy Advance family sold 81.51 million. And the Xbox. Uh, 360 sold 84 million. So PlayStation's first console device almost beat Xbox's probably best-selling console. Oh yeah, best-selling console, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Xbox's best-selling console, yeah, 360. Yeah, okay. PS3 was 87.4 million. I mean, the jump, even this jump, PlayStation 3 to Wii goes from mm -hmm. 87.4 million to 101.6. Yeah, right. Okay. Original PlayStation sold 102 million. PlayStation 4 sold 150 million. PS4 very successful console. Yeah. Um, Game Boy and Game Boy Color is 120 million. Nintendo DS family is 150, and you know PlayStation 2 is 155. Like it's the the jumps of some of those is are, like quite crazy to comprehend, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, I, I like a lot of Nintendo's consoles. I do. I, I just love. Well, how, we like, absolutely the, the best game console ever made. Just uh, saying. Oh uh, no, definitely. Um, it brought families together. Uh, it was just fucking great. It was innovative. It was fun. It was unique. Yeah. Like it was just a fucking great console. It was, it was a, mm. it was, I don't know if it's really been happened. Like, it was a console made for the family and actually was played by the family. I can't think of many consoles like that. Mm. Yeah. Like, like genuinely. Uh, to be fair, I can't think of many consoles in recent generations, and that's going to make me sound older than I want to, um, that, that I would say I ever played with my family. Like, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 onwards, I did not play with my family. Friendly. Like, we played games, like, in the front room, and we often had things where, like, ex-family member was playing the game, and I was playing through the game, and we would, like, talk about it. But, like, playing with a thing, we would, like, take turns playing for single-player games or play co I haven't done that since the PS2 and PS1. Yeah, I would say the close... And to be fair, like, we played a lot of PS1 and PS2 co-op in my family. Like, um, my dad and my mum played a lot together on the PS1 and PS2, and me and my dad played a lot together on the PS1 and PS2. Like, that was a big part of my childhood, gaming-wise. But, yeah, like, I've already just stopped in the later generations. I'm not sure exactly why. Like, PS2 is my most fond console, memory-wise. Like, by a yeah. long way. Yeah. I love the PS2 a lot. 
I think the Wii wins out on like the actual edge of the actual quality if I had to like add, like properly review them. I would say the closest we're getting to that now is VR games. I know it's not a console, but like that's one of those. It's one of those things where you can play it by yourself and with mates online as much as you can play it and you like a house party. You know, in my opinion, I, I it's one of those just you know fun experiences. You, like like a Wii, I guess we playing Wii bowling for the first time. I, I, obviously, I, I, I know there's like a, the thing of like nostalgia glasses, like games will always look better, well, not, will, but will look better generally in your mind. And like if you were to load them up now and you'd be like, oh yeah, they look like shit. Apparently the Wii's resolution was 480. Yeah. Like I remember being at least 720. Because like, yeah, yeah, no. that was the thing like you played on a proper TV, not like a little handheld or a small screen. I was like on a TV. That's mad. Yeah, no. It is, I think, quite entertaining because I was looking at the 3DS family, right? Because I was talking about the most recent one on Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, so the latest DS is the 2DS XL, which has the the physically larger screens on it, okay. right? Um, I, I get an exact size of them. Aren't the resolutions like... like... No, but I can tell you that it's um, 16 centimeters by 8... Eight centimeters by twenty centimeters. They <laughs> use centimeters um, for screen size. Well, whatever. It's not screen size. It's the physical dimension. Oh, not, okay. the, not the point. Yeah. Point is, it's a larger screen than the standard DS is, and the resolution of the top screen is mm-hmm. a oh, whopping four hundred by two forty. The resolution oh, wow. of the bottom screen is three twenty by two forty. And I'm like, holy fuck, man! They haven't upgraded the oh. DS's screens How since the we... fucking original ones. Like. like so they have, but you remember much. the um, you remember the chat you would, the, the the local chat you could use. Um, we always, I always used it in the car on holiday, like going up to when you were going on holiday. Chat? Yeah, you, I would mm. always use it, like just messaging my sister yeah. next to me, or just drawing random. What a great some random car up the lights. Yeah. But how how did we even read the text on that small of a resolution? But I'm actually going to load up a YouTube video in 480p now on my phone, and it's going to be unbearable for me. Let me genuinely. let me find a proper video, not a. I do yeah. remember that yeah, 3D Excel, Payday the, 2 gameplay. 3D XL, you could one, count the pixels. One thing that's um specifically special as well about like um like emulation, going back to, what, to tie this into what we were talking about earlier, is that when these consoles mm. die off, you know the markets die off, you can't buy the games anymore anywhere digitally or physically one of the coolest things about emulation is that for example one of the biggest um gamekeeper and Wii emulators can scale the discord is really having trouble today i do apologize and that's not like upping Ooh. the resolution of the textures obviously yeah discord uh, yeah, just dis- to pause this right i discord think that's is... our third or fourth drop yeah. from the discord it's discord is really having, having issues this evening today oh we're gonna have to go over to team speak just for the podcast this is <laughs> yeah so what I was saying is we'll go um, to Mumble. Emulators can often like uh, up the resolution Skype. that these consoles are running at, right? Emulation-wise, mm. right? Um, like what you can do with the Wii, for example, and running Wii games at 1080p, like while the obviously the textures are still the textures that the game files are at and all of that, but being able to actually just like display them yeah. at 1080p makes a way bigger difference than you would think. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's like really cool to like watch like a Mario Kart Wii when it's actually natively running like at full resolution. Um, on your PC, mm-hmm. like it, it, it looks really good well, because w- most of the textures in those games are pretty cartoony. And if you're scaling them up and looking at them in high detail, it honestly doesn't matter that much. Like, 
it still works. It looks well. You remember that one time we all streamed Mario Party? Mm. A Mario Party Mighty Kart. That was a lot of fun. Um, I still miss the original backwards compatibility method that they did for the PS3 to get backwards compatibility for the PS2. I don't remember. What did you use in the disc? Um, so this changed in later releases of the PS3 to software emulation, but the way they did the PS2 emulation on the original PS3 was they literally just had a PS2 inside it. Oh. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's the CPU of the PS2. Obviously didn't bother like copying like the power delivery because they could just use the same one that they used for the PS3. But like the actual physical CPU was just on board. And if you played a PS2 game, it just used that. Yeah. It's the better way of doing it. Then again, how much was that first console priced at? It was like seven hundred pound in two thousand and it was uh, five ninety nine for the sixty gigabyte model and four ninety nine for the twenty gigabyte model. Which was... twenty gigabyte and yeah. sixty gigabyte yeah. man. Oh, that dates it right there. Do you know? Do you know what's depressing oh. though? I still like like I'm sure we all have that point right where we grew up with different consoles, right? But there was the console generation change going from A to B. There was like the the upgrade, right? That was the one that was like wow. Right, and then everything since has just been like, yeah, we've we've obviously like comparing like a PS5 to a PlayStation One is absurd, but like, you know, you might not have necessarily felt as a child that PS1 to PS2 was like that big a thing, um, but for me that was PlayStation Two to PS fuck PlayStation Two to PlayStation Three, <laughs> or original Xbox to Xbox 360. Not that I owned an original Xbox, right? Um, right. I don't anyone owned an original Xbox because who gave a shit about that console? Um, I had one. Boyfriend I had, I had on that on the on the. What depresses me is to remember that the Xbox 360 came out in 2005 and the PlayStation 3 came out in 2006. Like, that just is absurd to me because I was probably yeah. playing the PlayStation 2. Obviously, they had like both both those consoles had a lot of renditions and and like extra models, right? Like um, the yeah, Xbox 360 Premium technically and all this shit, right? And the PlayStation 3 Slim and all this shit, but. What depresses me is that I remember like the, the 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 last year that I was probably like playing the PS2 in in a sense of like this is like the console that's just like not even that we own just like that's just like the current console it was probably like easily like maybe around oh seven oh eight and that's probably when we got a Wii and the Wii came out in oh six as well and it's like holy shit like I realized like how delayed we were on upgrading the console generations. Like, the first PS3 I would have seen would have been at my friend's house, and I would have definitely been, like, 8 or 9 when I went over to his place. I still remember mm. having my PS3, because I remember one of the early rem uh, one of the early memories I have of it, I can't remember much beforehand, but I was allowed to play Modern Warfare 2 for the first time online with a mic. Um, what? I know, and the first day I did that, <laughs> I made a friend that I had for couple years he ended up moving to xbox which was the saddest day of my life um because he was like the only friend i consistently played with and this was back in the day and i can't remember like i could never imagine a world like this today but this was still when parties weren't a thing so all all chat to friends was always in a game lobby every time you would message someone saying oh you're gonna be on yeah and then you get into a game lobby and then you're just talking in public Distantly, um, still amazes me. People open mic today. Time. Yeah, but I remember. Yeah, that was that was one of my early memories of. I I do. Yeah, Call, Mod, bleh, Modern Warfare Two was the first game I played online. No, it wasn't. It was a Resident. Not Resident. It was a Resistance. It was a PlayStation exclusive. I remember playing online. I never like like I hardcore did not play online games 
until PC. Which yeah, I actually think had a huge influence on my um my gaming tastes. Missed out. Because like a lot of people I know that played on consoles played like COD, um, or like Halo or Battlefield, right? And they, they there was that sort of multiplayer uh, sort of like culture that those games have similarities and differences between obviously but in general closer to like a lot of the stuff that I played the only multiplayer experience that I played um, for like an extended period of time would have been Red Dead Redemption Online <gasps> um, and I would have played that on the 360 um, but again that's like a very different style of game it's like a few people in a server and you'd occasionally run into each other. It's more, it was more akin to like an MMO than it was like a multiplayer game, right? Like you're not playing on like teams. Like so, so I really never had a single like I am playing a team multiplayer game until PC. And even then, I wouldn't have had that until like what would have been the first like team multiplayer game I played. Overwatch, probably Counter Strike Source. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I I um, just like. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's such a weird thing to think about to me because my entire gaming childhood, all the nostalgia I have around gaming, I know so many people that have a nostalgia around like early COD lobbies and the friends they made and, and the, you know, the excitement of getting on and being able to speak to people and ask how their day at school had been and play games with them. Like, I just had none of that. Like, everything was single player, platformers, um, like like a very early like PS. I mean, I played the PS2 for so many years. Like after I should have been playing it, like by generation standards. Um, like I know it was just like kind of kind of how my family rolled at that time. I guess. Um, like the PS2 had online capability with the modem, and whether we still have the modem somewhere in one of our boxes, but like no one played that shit really. Like I I've still got a you know, PS2. I just played like Grand Theft Auto and. Gran Turismo and I, mean, I didn't know that, that the shit. PlayStation had like a I remember I must have seen it on the back of boxes and been really confused where it said like four player local multiplayer or LAM or whatever. Didn't realise that was a goddamn adapter until literally a couple of years ago that just gave you like more controllers. I'd... I I I'm... don't know why I was yeah. so well hidden. I still have a PS2 eight megabyte uh uh memory card. Blue, transparent, one of my favourite memory cards of all time. Um, but you know, oh, you no, just... I'd never like those tacky looking ones. Like just a nice solid. It's not tacky. You just also yes, you... it is. You just reminded me, Alfie. I loved uh, Red Dead, uh, the first Red Dead Redemption Online. Genuinely, one I of the best experiences. Street, yeah, but... literally one of my best experiences ever playing a game. But I think that was helped by, and this is something I think people forget because I completely forgot about it because obviously we've got GTA Five. GTA Four didn't have open world multiplayer. It was missions and missions only. And it was four yeah. players max, yeah. which like, like if you were to say someone, if if someone had never like or one of the newer generations, I would have thought if you, they probably never played GTA Four and only ever experienced Five. If you told them that, they would probably wouldn't believe you, because you know GTA Five is that sort of standard open world multiplayer now that everybody plays. Like, is just what GTA should have been, in my opinion. I mean, like the list be. of like um multiplayer games on like the playstation 2 is quite hilarious it's so minimal um the online multiplayer sorry i should specify mm. um like it's it's really quite short some high 
And it's gone again. I do apologise, uh, podcast. We'll, we'll get over it. Totally going to be amazing. Oh, um, another Discord drop there, yeah. at least for me. This is... We'll probably have to yeah. wrap it up soonish. Uh, Deer Hunter gonna... was the game I was mentioning. Oh, okay. Um, I want we should do like to... a The Hunter stream, but with Deer Hunter on a PS2 emulator. Yes. Oh, I do remember that game. I had a game I like don't... that with a gun, like a physical gun. Um, it was a. Uh, it was like um. It was like uh. Like, did I'm any of you ever play? Any of you ever play uh either in arcade or on uh on the PS2? Because I remember having the physical gun for it too. Is um. Ah, oh, what's it called? It's time something. Very big time arcade. splitters. That's it. God, I remember that was one of I my favorite games on the PS2. Mm. I miss I that. Did you say that Grand Theft Auto 4 had uh, a four-player multiplayer, sorry? I swear it was only four-player, maybe six-player. It I'm wasn't open-world, sure though. True. Not, no, not exactly, no. It was like in an open-world setting, but like, yeah, distinct missions. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just... It wasn't, like, typical GTA 5. Um, which is... I look at... I, I, I want to play GTA 4 again. Look at the list of, like... Run. Oh, oh my god. Oh, we were all having conversations. We were. We were all talking. Oh, I, thought, I thought you stopped because you like stopped at the end of a sentence. Oh my god, hang on. Oh hang man. On. Hang on. <laughs> um, Are we changing? We'll call it a day in a moment. We'll, 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 we'll talk a couple more things about these classic games. What happened was again? That you... Oh, okay. I thought that was you. Okay, yeah, we may have to mentions. start. Um, oh. but we'll, we'll start finishing it up in a moment. Um... Oh no, there oh, is a free mode. I don't have a server on my PC anymore. Oh, no. is there? Yeah, it's one. It's two to sixteen it could do, like, and so I was trying to say, I'm pretty sure I've seen like YouTubers I play play more than four player, but I wondered if they'd like modded or something. And I looked it up, and it Everyone. seems Everyone. to be like up to thirty two in total. My my things about GTA four that are better than GTA five is the um There's a lot. The, the the cars so much better. The damage engine so much better. Um, the story. Having never I, played it, I heard the cars handled like bricks. They did, but they had weight to them, and the damage oh, models true. on them that's were fair. so bricks much better. So much better. So much better than GTA Five, in my um, opinion. Um, okay. I also just want to tell this quick yeah. story. I may have said on the podcast quickly. Could have uh, been back. This, this only brought, I only remembered this because I remember saying on the podcast before. Uh, on the PS2, I used to play with a good friend. We've had him on the podcast actually, Luke. Um. We completed Medal of Honor specific. I can't remember the actual name of it, but one of the Medal of Honor is one of the early ones. We completed that like four times in co-op. Um, but that reminds me when when we played Borderlands Two, I didn't know there was specific a thing as save and load. So we had oh. replayed that game from the start five oh. or six times <laughs> with different characters. I just oh, wasn't aware you could save and load. I never completed, I still haven't to this day completed Borderlands 2. Um, just because I've not had the time or effort to play it recently. I may in VR, because why not? I'm looking at, like, the, the uh, online games. Um, the PS2. And my, yeah, my favourite thing is, like, m many of them I, like, remember. I don't just remember playing them online, but I would recognise the game, right? Um, hmm. Some of which are online in, like, a very awkward way. Um, like original Call of Duty games and stuff, like the early ones. Um, 
there's some like Colin McRae Rally 2005, which is only playable online in PAL for some reason. Yeah. You got like your Final Fantasy yeah, games, um, FIFA Gross. games, that sort of stuff. Gross. Expect. Um, you got Resident Evil Outbreak, which is a good game. Best game I've um, ever seen. And then my favorite part is there's just like 20 poker games. Oh, just, really? like, because of course oh. there are like. Uh, of course you can just have like one poker game. No, no, no. We're at least like 20 multiplayer poker games. But my favorite. This is a fucking world championship paintball game that has no Wikipedia article that was apparently multiplayer playable on the PlayStation 2. And I want to fucking play this game. It sounds so we're amazing. We're going to have to YouTube gameplay and see what we can. That up. sounds like so entertaining to me. When, uh, yeah, I'm. You know what? I think, I think the last thing to end this podcast on is yep. the story and this only came up because you're talking about the, the the sales numbers for the consoles i was gonna say jokingly were the ps2 ones inflated because someone in the middle east was trying to make a supercomputer out of ps2s if i'm not wrong what i don't know if it was I, PS2s I, or I, I, I do vaguely have heard the thing that you're talking about but i have this no sounds idea. like such a it playground story like, and i've, yeah, I've never right. heard of it but i love it i need to look this up <laughs> Yeah. I should I should note that like from the list of um uh things that I was reading from um like a lot of the sales of uh consoles were like um you know commonly sold in like bundles where like uh you'd get like them with a game which I guess like is arguably important because it's important I feel like when you can get like a console and a game it more interests someone in buying the console outright right because they know that they can just like take it home and immediately play something um. So I do like influence sales numbers a lot. Like that's a very like a uh, classic thing that like Nintendo did a lot of their consoles. Also, one of the reasons oh that some of the wait best wait 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 wait. I just played. want to read this quick thing. I haven't heard about this, but I love this. Um, this is kind of going on to what I was talking about. So I'm just reading an article. Um, but Japan had uh, this is talking about uh how uh Japan had suspicion about a foreign um uh civilian technology being used for military use um because they found a north korean submarine which had sunk in 1998 apparently it was uh found running a number of japanese made com um communications and radar devices which could have been ps2 or made from ps2 components so i just looked up the uh, most saved consoles by region and PlayStation I can supercomputers, I just wanted to... That the, uh, the Middle East most sold console was the PlayStation 2. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if oh, that's... 5.2 million units. I wonder if that's to do with anything. Like, genuinely. I'm finding, like, the US quite famously apparently had, like... It's the PlayStation 3, but yeah. there are different PlayStation clusters. But the, apparently US Air Force had, like... 1,760 PlayStation 3s to build a supercomputer. Uh, which, what the which, hell? Uh, well, at the time, was the 33rd most powerful computer on the, <laughs> in the world. Wasn't it partly because, like, we didn't have, like, the fab capacity that we do now, like, going, like, tying everything back in together because we're good at this? But, like, they were just being used to produce consoles, so it made sense to just buy up the consoles and then use them? Oh, here we go. Here's what I heard. So, I, okay, this... This probably isn't confirmed. I don't know if there is any like, confirmed things about it. But the right-wing mm. blog World, Wet Net, uh, World Net Daily 
uh, fanned the flames when it reported that Iraq uh, violated the ban in December 2000, bringing in approximately 4,000 PS2 units. They had claimed <laughs> that Saddam Hussein had intended to connect them together to pilot unmanned drones and perform nuclear test simulations. That's what I remember hearing. I didn't want to say the name just in um, case I was wrong, but that's what I heard. Um, man. But I just love the idea of just like, you know, just buy a shit ton of PlayStations, connect them together, there you go, you've got a supercomputer. I, oh man, yeah, it seems like, it, from what I can see, it seems like there might be truth in like, um, potential, actually that might not even be true, <laughs> don't matter, I'm just going to shut my mouth on it, I was going to say I, um, it was possible that they did buy the, or like somehow get the PS2s, but there was no confirmation on the supercomputer bit, Okay. but then I couldn't find confirmation on them getting the PS2, so I don't want to like, say for sure, but yeah. that, it. It shows that th th there was that application, though. Like, potentially. Oh, apparently Sony... Found an interesting um, discrepancy My in the regional data it. for console sales. Oh, I, I, oh, I just okay. wanted to say, before you say that, apparently Sony applied a blacklist to sell the PS2 at the time, or consoles, the PS2, to Libya, Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. Yeah. I don't imagine the North Korean one's been lifted, but... I, I, I doubt any of them have, to be completely <laughs> honest. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. complicated. Uh, just to note the PS2 isn't sold anymore, so. Um, That's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, but the Fenix. Immediate issues with that logic. The Fenix, it was sold until what, 2014? Future consoles as well. All right. Uh, around that, yeah. That lasted a hell of a long time when it, when it comes to construction. Like, they were still building that. Maybe thing. Hussein got them all off eBay. Yeah, so you an interesting know. thing. Um, if you look at the United States, mm. the top selling consoles uh, in order DS, PS2, Wii, PlayStation, 3DS, SNES. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, for Europe, this is the whole of Europe. PS2, Game Boy, Wii, PlayStation, uh, DS, 3DS, Game Boy Advance, Switch. Mm -hmm. That is very Nintendo and Sony heavy, um, which is honestly impressive to me, considering like how I feel like I know a lot of people that like grew up on Xbox in the UK specifically. But at the same time, I'm glad. Like I'm like like I don't like Xboxes that much personally. Um. Xbox. Not that I like PS3 or PS4 or PS5 either, personally, but I like like Sony's early consoles a lot. I like Nintendo's early consoles a lot. So, this was the thing I find quite funny. Kind of ironic that, in my opinion, I think the reason the Xbox was so heard of and well-rounded is because it had one Halo and Call of Duty, so it was it was in this circle of multiplayer games that you mentioned earlier, where it, it was like a very, very set amount of people playing these games constantly, day in, day out, talking to their mates about it. And I just find that ironic because it was the only console at the time that you had to pay to go online. Which, I want to add, they've only just recently lifted the need to pay to play online uh, play online games that which are free-to-play. For mm -hmm. example, Warzone, War Thunder, uh, yeah. or any free-to-play game. Which I just find... Or I, like, that really shocked me, that you had to have Xbox Live to play free-to-play games. And this this, this is a, a funny thing. As someone that just mentioned... I grew up not playing online games. <laughs> I grew apart from like one or two. I grew up on early consoles more than I did the uh, technical consoles that had way more online stuff anyway that were released at the time, and all of that stuff. Very used to single player and and local co op uh, in my childhood. I genuinely did not know until like a year ago that it would become standard. You had to pay to play online on consoles. 
it blew my fucking mind. Like it, it completely shattered everything that I'd ever thought about the put. The point of a console to me was less maintenance, buy thing, play games, and not yeah. buy thing, pay two subscription fees. Also, sometimes play games. Like, and it, it is still beyond me that it is considered expected for you to pay a subscription fee to be able to access online services for these games. It disappointed me so only when that route with the PS4 and five. Um, because that was one of the best things about PS3 is the fact that you could play any game you wanted online at any time for free. You know, do whatever you want. Admittedly, didn't have the party system that the Xbox had, um, and we wouldn't have got that until the PS4. But you know, I still had a shit ton of amount of fun playing free. T- I you know, I I if I saw someone on an Xbox at that point in time, I would go, I don't care. You can talk in a party. You have to pay sixty quid a year to play with your mates and talk to your mates. No, yeah. I don't have to pay a single penny. And there was there was actually a MOBA shooter that I used to play called Mag, um, which was the first of its kind, um, if I'm not wrong. Uh, it's basically, I think there was 100 player servers on it, which, don't forget, this is 2010, 2012 we're talking. So that's not heard of, first person shooter. Um, and that was hella underrated i loved that game <laughs> discord's back there we go it oh happen. my god yeah this is true for once it. it's not you who's eager to get this over with anyway, it's discord that's trying yeah, to stop us i think we should start wrapping it up so oh, what what think, i say um, it? Anything you like, yeah is there any last things you'd like to talk about yeah i was mm. just saying on, the, on like the model of subscriptions for online part of that is probably like the, the the move towards selling consoles at a loss and making profits on the games right it makes sense it's a very stable income to have like a subscription that a good portion of your user base is paying um but like i know a lot of the early consoles were also sold at the the loss at a loss and, and just like they managed to make money and like i know pc games kind of do fine and can host mm. servers for a good many years and then the benefit of pc is that normally uh, well, it does happen on console as well in fact it was a portion of the article i was reading about playstation 2 games Normally, people end up creating like their own dedicated servers or, or ways of playing these other multiplayer systems, you know, for a third party service. So, yeah, just fuck that part of consoles, honestly. Yeah. That just really sucks. <laughs> yeah. It just really is awful. Yeah, and fuck Xbox for how long they suffer. Um, and you're, what about yourself, Sai Phelan? Yes. I didn't know if you wanted to, I thought you wanted to say something. No, oh, no, okay. nothing there. Shop to mind. Uh, I would like to promote twitch.tv slash tactical TV, of course. But... Oh, getting there before I even say it. And what about yourself, mm. Alfie? Um... <laughs> I thought Discord went down again. Yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pause. <laughs> it just caught me off guard a second. Um, I don't fucking know. Wow. Support indie wow. devs, donate money to charity. Okay, there we go. Good to um, know. Play these games online. Uh... Mm. We will find an itchy day. I've got too PlayStation many. PlayStation 2 is the best console. It is. I've got too many tabs sort open. Of. It's making me sick. No, thank you very much, you two. It's been wonderful. Um, been something. Definitely been something, yeah. We've been... It still just blows my mind how good the fucking PlayStation I was in comparison to bloody the Connect. I mean, come on. It's only just absolutely <laughs> decimated it. Like, you should end the podcast at this point. I mean, it's okay. just, it just, just, it's just fucking. It's, oh, I think it was awesome, bro. I'm trying to remember, was the Tiger <laughs> game Connect or PlayStation? I I want to say Connect. Okay. 
Because I remember was, that being like the worst game of that like group. There was one game on the Xbox that I absolutely adored, and I just want to say this for the people watching this online because I've I've ended the stream. Banjo, there was a Banjo Kazooie game on the Xbox 360 where you had to make vehicles, and that was the most fun I'd ever had on the Xbox. Um, but it was one of the worst Banjo Kazooie selling games ever because obviously it went away from the Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Kazooie. Mm. Anyway. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Oh. Oh.